0: Blog Talk Radio <laughs> Boom, 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 boom Boom, Don't <laughs> <laughs> tell me what you to do But it ain't nowhere to go Judge me, cause me Judge me, cause but Don't what you go do but it ain't nowhere to hide you just gonna go
1: Oh, sorry about that, guys. I, I, I just realized we had a little bit of an audio problem, so I'll start over again here. So you heard the song, and we're here at the crossroads, and the words couldn't have been more appropriate. The Hurricanes lost their third straight game to an average ACC team last week, falling to Duke in a game that was hampered by a driving rainstorm in the first half. Duke did a little better job handling the elements. They didn't fumble the football. DJ Dallas fumbled twice. Their quarterback, Daniel Jones, did a little bit better job getting the ball to his receivers than the Miami tandem of Malik Rozier and Nikozi Perry. And their coach, David Cutcliffe, he did a little bit better job managing the entire show than Miami's struggling head coach, Mark Richt. So Miami Hurricanes, tell us, what are you going to do now? Do you go to Atlanta this weekend, invested in that game, able to summon the will to defend the Georgia Tech option and get yourselves bowl eligible and maybe back on track for a strong finish and a somewhat reasonable bowl game? Or do you let the season fall deeper into an abyss? There ain't nowhere to run when judgment comes for you. It's here right now. And there ain't nowhere to hide. Could the words of that song have been any more appropriate tonight as we begin a new edition of Cane Sport Live? Hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of CaneSport.com, and I welcome you once again to Cane Sport Live, presented this season by Sicilian Oven, with six restaurants throughout the South Florida area. At Sicilian Oven, whether the Canes win or lose, you'll not only love the taste, you'll taste the love. As always, this is your show, and it'll be driven by your participation. The call-in number is 563-999-3633. That's 563-999-3633. We have over 100 open phone lines, plenty of room for everybody to call in and participate. You know the drill. If you want to come on the show, you hit the one on your keypad that puts you in the queue. We bring you on in the order that you land in the queue. We once again ask the subscribers at canesport.com to post the topics and questions that they would like to hear discussed on tonight's show. And we'll address those as we go forward through the evening. All right. So it's Georgia tech week. And that means that everything starts with the defense. Let's be honest. The yellow jackets are a pain in the neck to play. You got to change everything you typically do on defense. They run the option every now and then they'll sprinkle in a pass, but they're pretty much playing smash mouth football. They cut block you every play. Stopping them on three downs is usually not enough. They'll regularly go for it on fourth down. The challenge here for Miami defenders is showing up at the stadium Saturday with the fortitude to battle through it all for four quarters. I asked defensive coordinator, Manny Diaz about that today. But our
2: guys are kind of weird. I mean, we we like playing against us. I I I think it's a uh, a great offense to, to scheme against our guys. Like playing against these guys, we've had some pretty good games against them in the last couple of years, uh, tight games. Um, but I will say this: our guys, and we are ten weeks in, whatever it is. I mean, if you look at, I mean, even if you look at the Duke game this past weekend, if you look at what our guys do put in adverse situations. Um, you say, okay, well, here we are with our record being this and we're already in November, how will they respond? Well, I don't know. How do they respond six times when they got put out on short field against Duke? They held them six points. You know, how do they respond in the second half of this game? How do they respond when we're down 20? I mean, they just, you're right. I mean, almost like, as a coach, almost like a parent, you're like, they do it again, you know? And then they do it again, and you're just so proud of them because they've shown this amazing mental resilience, and and, uh, that comes from our leadership that comes from our age, that comes from our experience, that comes from Jaquan Johnson, and Gerald Wilson, and Shaq quarterman and Joe Jackson, and Mike, and Mike Jackson, and all And all I can, the list goes on and on and on. Um, that in a way, it's like they're all afraid to be the one that lets the pack down, you know? And that's like the most amazing thing. And that's the thing that we're talking about that we have to protect, you know, as we go through these last, um, you know, part of November. We gotta protect the pack and, and, and just You know, and play for each other. And they've done that, you know, all year, which as a coach, it's hard to, you know, have anything other than just utmost most pride in that.
1: All right, so that was Manny Diaz. Now, the offense has a different set of challenges this week. Number one is obviously to show up looking competent, okay? Competent, which they haven't done the last three weeks. Georgia Tech controls a lot of clock and limits possessions. You have to make them count when you're playing the Jackets, especially in their home stadium. And that's going to be a challenge for a Hurricane unit, which has not exactly been coming out with all guns blazing lately. Mark Rick has not yet announced the starting quarterback. And truthfully, I'm not sure it really matters anymore. I mean, last week, Malik Rozier started against Duke because the coach said he felt that he gave the Canes the best chance to win. Fair enough. That's what he's supposed to be doing as the coach, trying to win games. Rozier was doing okay, and then suddenly Nicozy Perry was in the game. Then Rozier was back, then Perry again, and neither one was able to put up enough points to secure a victory. And then, with the game on the line in the fourth quarter, the quarterback that started because he supposedly gave the team the best chance to win was on the bench. Explain that. I can't. So overall, the Hurricanes just have to first find some way to bowl eligibility, which a win would provide. And then they can go on from there and worry about positioning for a better bowl game. In the meantime, Sport learned today that Miami established dialogue last week with former Clemson quarterback Kelly Bryant and that Mark Richt had an introductory conversation with Kelly Bryant last night. The Canes are a long way from winning the Bryant sweepstakes, but at a time when everyone's criticizing Rick, you have to commend him for getting in that game. Kelly Bryant is markedly better than any quarterback Miami has on the roster right now. Maybe Perry, maybe Jaron Williams gets to that level or even exceeds it down the road. Right now, it's not even close. Kelly Bryant started 18 games for Clemson. He was 16-2. and two As a starter, he led the Tigers to the college football playoff last season. You saw what he did to the Hurricanes in Charlotte. He's accrued more than 4,300 yards of total offense and 32 touchdowns in his career. He has one year of eligibility left. We'll see what happens there. Credit Rick also. For beginning to attack the problems which have come to the surface this season. Miami also got a commitment this week from 24 year old Australian punter Lewis Headley, who should immediately challenge to solve Miami's punting problems next season. Before we go to the calls, let me also say one thing about the recent decommitments of recruits Marcus Crowley and Cornelius Nunn and others who might be wavering a bit. I might be a little different on this subject. But decommitments, especially in times of adversity like this, don't really bother me that much. I consider them almost a favor. Because look at it this way. If a kid who is supposedly committed to playing on your football team and in your football program and helping taking you to the heights that everybody wants to see this football program go – he commits the minute he sees some adversity. What's he going to do in a game when the same thing happens? You know, when you're down 20 points to Florida State and you got to come back. That's adversity. How's that kid going to respond in those moments, in the fourth quarter, when the game's on the line and you need ballers to make plays? And it's not going... The way you planned it out during the week. So I consider it revealing character in many cases, and I'm not speaking specifically to these individual kids, but in general, I'm not bothered by decommitments. I think the coaches just have to keep grinding it out in recruiting. You got about, I guess, about six weeks here till the early signing day. Grind it out, fight for the kids that you've had in your corner all this time, make them understand that the earth is not going away, that life will go on. Miami will get its act together and will have better seasons than this. This is just the perfect storm. It's been a debacle in so many ways. And at the same time, the coaches got to own it, and they got to work harder these next six weeks. They got to expand their recruiting bases. They got to cover every single angle that they can come up with. And, you know, you see Todd Hartley jumping on a plane and going to California and landing a punter. There's kids out there that want to be Miami Hurricanes. You got to work hard. You got to find them. You got to make sure you pick the right ones. You got to do a proper job of evaluation and make sure that you're not bringing kids into this program. that are going to quit when you have adversity. Those decommitments, they don't bother me one bit. All right. There's so much to talk about tonight. Let's get to your phone calls, the number 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633 is the number. You hit the number one on your keypad when we bring you on the show, if you want to be on the show, and let's start tonight in the 786, where you're live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing this evening?
3: Gary, my friend, how are you?
1: Hey, what's up, Everything305? How are you doing this evening?
3: Hey, I'm uh, very nervous tonight uh, with the elections. Open for some good news all right let's but not talk politics so i don't people. want to get
1: into that let's well, talk football let's, let's
3: talk about one thing though if we could for all those high school coaches that are teachers in miami-dade county let's hope that referendum goes through for them to get that much needed raise you know the backbone of every program every community of those teachers those unsung heroes that put in all the hours to help our our future you know uh come to uh to a good situation so hopefully uh They get their just due tonight. But uh, let's talk the most important thing. Let's talk about Kings football, Gary. You said a few weeks ago, don't be surprised if we lose one, two, even possibly three games, and the Colts will still be wide open. Do you remember when you said that a couple of weeks ago? Uh Uh-huh. And, man, were you right.
1: Well – Were you right. As soon as this quarterback circus started, I I just – I just felt like I knew that this season was going to fall apart. I didn't like it at all. I thought it was a big mistake, and it was a big mistake.
3: I will say, though, I don't think that is the entire reason why things have gone the way they've gone. And I understand your point back then, and I understand it now. But the bottom line is, and I've talked about this ad nauseum, it's about the trenches, Gary. And if you don't have the necessary guys up front to, to not just have to just solely impose their will and de- defeat them on every snap, but at least half the time do so, you got no shot. It, it appears that the guys up front and with the news today that Matt shared with Donaldson being benched, I mean, Lord, he had the biggest blocks and the biggest runs we had that night. There is so much inconsistency in teaching and holding kids accountable with Mark Rick. And this is nothing new.
1: This is what we talked about in the Georgia days. If he's benching Donaldson, he's holding him accountable, right? I mean, let's be fair. I mean, uh, I mean I I don't, we don't know that he's going to be benched for the game. We don't know what's going to happen as the week goes on. But just what you're talking about, if, if a kid is being, is being demoted in practice because he didn't play well the other day, I mean, that's holding him accountable.
3: he, he Gary? There is no way you can tell me that any offensive line played better than that kid. That kid, every big run we had, he had a key block. He had two. He had one half pancake, and he came out and hit the linebacker and then the safety on homer's run. So don't tell me that because I know my football. And I, the, the eye in the sky, ain't don't Listen,
1: like I, I saw a couple combo blocks with him in Gauthier that were the best-looking blocks we've seen all year. Now, Duke's run no defense doubt. stinks. But they had a couple really nice running plays the other night.
3: Well, no doubt. But that comes back to the simple things that we talk about day in, day out. Put the ball in the hands of the people that can make the plays in the best spots for them to make the plays. But before that happens, make sure that the most critical blocking parts of that scheme for that play, those two guys have to be involved.
1: And he continues to I Now, I will say this, and I'm not saying pro football focus. Is a gospel by any stretch, you know. But they do evaluate no, every not. play. They
3: have no idea about responsibilities. On no, the, but on but the they map, do. But yeah. they but
1: they do their best. They they evaluate every play. They gave me, Navon Donaldson a grade of fifty nine point four. Okay, average in their system is about I, I, uh, sixty four. That's about average. So they graded them below average. They graded them below yeah. average. Whether they're right or wrong, you know. So you know we don't know what the coaches are seeing. And and I think something that gets lost a lot is as, as fans, I think, you know, and, and, and even re- reporters like us and all that, I mean, we tend to look at the high-profile plays, the, the big plays, the scoring plays, you know, the Florida State game, the Cozy Perry th- throwing that beautiful pass to Brevin Jordan, uh, you know, threading the needle down the middle through triple coverage to Jeff Thomas that was completed. You know, we look at the spectacular plays, and we formulate opinions on those. But you're the first one to say the eye in the sky doesn't lie. I've heard you say it a million times on this show. Yes, and, the, the, and the coaches go in and they're looking at all 78 of them. Okay. And, and, they're, and they're, they're evaluating performance on all 78. And we've forgotten the other 74 out here. So, you know, I think you got well,
3: to keep what you're that in mind. And what you're sharing. I, I, I totally understand it. But, but it, it's just there is a pattern here. There, there, it makes no sense to give this kid the first two series, and then when, you're, when you get the ball at the eight yard line and it's poor, hey, now you go in, Natosi. The oh, that's like, no yeah. People. I mean,
1: I said that before. No, like, I couldn't. How do you explain? It? You I can't explain Gary, that.
3: Gary, the next possession, we get the ball at the two yard line. Get in there. What's the first play? He throws a, a, a pass in the flat.
0: I mean, you've got to be kidding me
1: no i can't i can't explain was. that i mean listen i I'm, I'm all about being fair in criti- in in critiquing coaches and everything and and things aren't always as bad as they seem and they're not never as good as they seem and and all that I can't explain what he did the other night i can't explain it oh, I can't. well like I, like I'm i said he tells you, you he tells you I'm starting Malik Rozier because Malik Rozier gives our team the best chance to win that's what he's telling us right and then he's yanking them in and out, and when the game's on the line in the fourth quarter, Malik's on the bench. If he gives you the best chance to win, why wouldn't he be in the game in the fourth quarter? I don't understand any of it, and, you know.
3: Well, I I, I do understand it, and I'm going to tell you what it is, because I didn't know until today, until I listened to WQAM today and listened to the great Jimmy Johnson talk, and he had a little take on Mark Rick, and his take was perfect. You can't be in that seat, in that chair, and do everything. So what happens is you can tell he is delegating, and he's delegating to his son and Thomas Brown, who have no idea what the hell they're doing. That's the explanation. I don't know that he's
1: delegating the decisions on when the quarterbacks go in the game. I don't think he's delegating that at all.
3: Well, he made it clear to us at the Florida State game that he was going to pull him out, and John Rick said, no, not yet. Wait. Okay? Mm -hmm. Black kid has a big say. What the hell's going on? He has yeah, but that doesn't no mean he's
1: making the decision. ultimate decision. It doesn't mean he's making the well, ultimate decision. Well,
3: I'll tell decision. you what, what other, what other explanation is there for the lack, the lack of common-sense decision-making in situations such as third possession? It's pouring. We're at the eight. Go in, kid, who's got, the, who's got the least amount of football IQ, who's got the most, uh, most amount of athleticism, but the, he, he turns the ball over on more plays per play than anybody else.
1: I understand. He, he really turned it over down there on that one play. He got bailed out. I mean, look, Mark Rick has to take accountability for that. He, he has to. I mean, he, he he's not laying – he can't lay that off on John or, or Thomas Brown. I mean, he has to take accountability for that. And they're lucky that one play got overturned and it didn't burn him. He got
3: very lucky. But listen, this game, you can't
1: cheat this game. And I've
3: been telling you that. You, you can get away with it here and there like we did last year on a few games. And you made it very clear we were four plays away from being basically six and five, okay, or seven and four, whatever it was it was. But I'm letting you know now that if anybody thinks that these kids on defense that's been carrying this program for the last two years, that they're going to go up there, especially the ones that are deciding, do I stay, do I go, because everybody's in their ears already their mommies and daddies, their uncles, and, and, and their middlemen that got them here in the first place in some cases. All those people are in there now. You know what those kids are thinking? Why in God's name am I going to risk myself on this chop block? Why? When I've got money to make. And that was great. Gerald Willis came out today and said, oh, I'm going to play with my brothers and all that good stuff.
1: I, I, I asked every one of them the same question. Uh, to, me, that, to me, that's the story of this week. Are those kids going to play defense?
3: They're not. They're not going to play. We're going to get one out of there. I remember that game years ago. When Randy, when, I think it was Randy's second or third year. We went up there. We gave him 500 yards of rushing. That's going to happen on Saturday. I mean, it's there. And, and then the worst part, and, and, and Gary, I love you. I love what you guys have been with Chainsport for a long time now. I, I don't go to any other site. You guys are my guys, and that's the way it's going to be until I go. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. Anybody in their right mind thinks that that kid from Clemson is going to come here?
4: You're you're done.
3: Why the hell would you entrust your one year you have left to get great tape in the hands of a guy who, who has pretty? Well, much...
1: I mean, some people think I he's going to go to Arkansas. Is Arkansas better? Is Mississippi State better?
3: I I, I can tell you what I'm going is North there. Carolina better. At least listen. At least they have an excuse. It's one year in. This guy has been here three
0: years. And Look, I'd be recruiting from...
1: that kid as hard as I could recruit if I were Mark Richt. That's he exactly what he time. needs. He's, He's uh, no, I, it might be a waste of time, but that's exactly what they need for next year is a kid like that. I said we weren't going to talk politics tonight, but I do think people will be interested in this. And uh, Donna Shalala <laughs> is in the House of Representatives. <laughs> how, how about that? How
3: about that, Gary? How about that? Oh, but anyway, God, back back it. to I football. That's, well, uh, maybe she can create some type of referendum to get Mark Rick bought out or something. Or <laughs> get somebody else, I don't know. Listen, All right, what I, else you yeah, got for I, us tonight? I promised
1: it. everybody I'd move I'd would move, I'd move this along. So,
3: well, two things I got left. One, the one thing I want to touch upon with regards to uh, the, the comment that he made about competition. It was open, and this is going to be a see. You know what hasn't happened so far in, in basically two days of practice? I have yet to see one story from anybody, one comment from anybody that there was a fighting practice. That there was some type of uh there was some type of dealing practice. You know, back in the day when we were good and things went wrong, I'll give an example. I know this is I was there. I was there with one of my kids. After they lost to BYU, do you remember that? We went up there to probe, we got our ass kicked, you remember that? Mm-hmm. I remember that Tuesday there was practice. There's about six fights in practice, Gary. Six freaking fights. Ain't no more fights now. We sit and we freaking pray. This institution has allowed this program to be itself until well, the person who just won now killed all that years ago, Ms. Shalala. And this used to be a badass program. But now you can't even fight in practice. You can't go do, I don't care about the twenty hour rule. That means three craps to me. I wanted to hear today from you guys and I was dying to see it. There was like you know what that means? The three or four guys like Coach Brown mentioned last week, the cancers, they got their ass kicked in practice. Or they got taken care of in the locker room. That shit doesn't happen anymore. Because this is all about, you know, this is all about the business and the platform to go to the next level and make money. There's very few kids that I I used to think they really, really care. I thought Shaq was one badass true king. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. He's not. I've never I heard one negative thing about what happened in practice today or yesterday. And one kid that I think has the biggest pair of, <laughs> biggest pair of balls on his team, we ain't afraid of anybody, who really goes ahead and he really wants, he's, like, he's an old school kid. That kid could have played 20 years ago for us. DJ Dallas, and the poor son of a – I mean, poor kid, he fumbled twice. That kid's been our main guy balling on offense. He's got the – Yeah, try, I, 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 crap.
1: I mean, I don't understand. Like, that kid is the greatest kid. And, yeah, he, and he's a, trying to be a leader and everything. Like, he has made three just massive mistakes, uh, you know, in, in the last few, you know, few weeks. I mean, the one on that one kickoff, I think it was at Virginia, where he, he – he, oh, yeah.
4: Boston he Thomas. fielded
1: it at the two yard line along the sideline, and then Boston I Thomas mean, did you, did you see the way he was carrying the ball the other night? I don't understand. Yep. Like, I, I, you know, I, I, got I mean, the answer it,
3: for you, but I, I got the
5: answer. Go ahead.
1: give it to me.
3: The answer of um, that's what I told you, tried to tell you a couple of weeks ago. He's lost his team. They're not responding to him, Gary. They're not even working. Listen, you guys had a little clip the other day. It was practice. And it was wide receivers, and somebody dropped the ball and then freaking kicked it. Did you see anybody eat that kid up? No. What's going on over there? There's no accountability. There's no nothing. There's no, and I'm not talking about coaching accountability, It's no player accountability.
0: The yeah, one well, thing we'll about think.
3: Braxton Barrios, hey, Braxton Barrios, he stopped the practice and getting your fish. They're going to go at it right there because he's demanding you because he learned what he had to do. But you got no true leader in that wide receiver group. I thought I was going to be Amon. Evidently, I didn't work out. But, damn, this is a joke. And
6: Does, Amon's, exactly
1: doesn't even, Amon's not even around the team anymore. It's weird. It's uh-huh. like, I don't I don't. know.
7: Anyway, listen, true. let me let some other
1: guys get on. Uh, thank you once so much thing, for getting Gary, the show started. One yes.
3: thing, Gary, you really think Amon's brother's coming here and McIntosh's brother's coming here? You
1: can kiss don't back
3: know. You, brother. Don't They're know. We'll here. see.
1: We'll but, see. But the,
3: All the right. going on, they ain't coming. We'll go see. Go Caves, Gary. Go Caves, bro. You got it, man. Thanks for
1: getting us started. All right. 563-999-3633. 563-999-3633. Hit one on your keypad. If you want to come on the show, let's go to the 757. You're live on Sport Live.
4: All right. I'm just going to make it quick and plain. It's a shit show. <laughs> now, I didn't get to see you.
1: When I was there, I was there. So I'm going to I saw Greg. Sign up to, I, I, Greg waved hello to me. To me. Was Why didn't you wave hello?
4: Hold on, hold on, hold on. I got there and I was up there trying to sign up to get this little free orange rag to wrap around my neck. We were covered. <laughs> we didn't get wet. We didn't do nothing. But the funny part is, let me tell you what the funniest thing happened. I'm in line. I'm making quick. The guy said, you watch the show? I said, yeah. I mean, I call, I mean, call the show. I said, yeah, I'll call. He said, yeah, I'll call. Yeah, call, but I don't say nothing. He said, who are you? I said, I'm Kane Kane. That boy said, you Kane Kane? Man, you go in on them, man. What, what's up? He couldn't believe it was me. So I got his number. I give a shout out to Pat. He listened to the show. He don't call. Hey, Pat, that's for you. Now, it's a shit show. I don't care no more. The cozy ain't his fault.
1: Uh, uh, you care. Rick, he
4: don't know what he's doing. Come on, you care. Retire. You yeah. care. Oh, no, no. You I know care. you care. care. but the point is, the point is, it's getting terrible, man. I come all the way from Virginia. Beautiful seats. My homeboy waited because he knew where I wanted to sit under the canopy, didn't get wet. I don't want his hear shit about rain. They Florida boys. We should have won. They look terrible. DJ Dodge, you're from things happy. We should have still shield recover. We didn't recover. Okay, should Rose play again? Hell no. That's just how I feel. But already, he's going to play him. Like you said, it don't matter, but it do matter. Go ahead and let Perry play, even if you're still recruiting your boy to come next year. Your boy is done in Miami. The fans booing him. It don't make sense. The defense, and when the game was over, Gary, that shit was so funny, man. It won't, but it was. The whole team just started running to the locker room like, fuck this. We done. That's terrible. They, our team has gotten soft, the guy said something about Shaq Courtless. Shaq used to be nasty. I watched his videos and stuff in high school his first year. We are getting like our coach. He is a preacher. He is a good guy. There's nothing wrong with Rick. He ain't got that D.O.G. And I will say this, and for all y'all haters out there, say what the hell you want. If D.D. had this job in his third year, Miami wouldn't look this bad. Y'all can take that to the bank. Ain't no more else to say about this. See you next time. I ain't going to the Tech game. I'm done. I'm like Rick. Rick going to play Roseanne? Hell, I'm four times. You're not coming to the Tech
1: games. game and you live in Virginia? Come on, K.K. No, no,
4: I live, man, no, no, no. I'm five hours out. I flew to Florida. Spent good money to come see then lose. My first time in a beautiful stadium. And they put on and guess what? The dog was almost put on a shit show too. I think him and Geese, Gase or whatever his name, both of them like calling their plays, right? Real quick, we got a first no, it was first down. Your boy ran nine yards. So he don't give it to go. He don't pass on second down. He seen the defense sit in eight in the box. Then he tried to run it. I think they cousin. But on that note, Gary, didn't get to see you. But you remember last year Duke? Hey, three oh five ride or die, but we dying hard and this shit ain't cool. I'm out,
1: peace. <laughs> thanks kane Kane. i can't believe he didn't say hello i'm standing on the sideline before the game and my phone starts buzzing and whatever i i look at my phone and it's it's a guy that had my number who's up in the stands with greg hey turn around greg wants to say hello and i'm looking around and then greg's up there waving i'm sure he's going to be in the queue here in a minute and uh yeah it was cool i got to see greg up there and and, and say hi to him but Kane kane left me hanging man you left me hanging maybe next time let's go to 941 you're live on Kane Sport Live
8: hey gary this is Mike Kane. i tried looking for you too i couldn't find you i Where was there you? man
1: i was there i there. didn't go run and hide i was there yeah, I was, i'll be I there i'm trying to call you i'll be there saturday too yeah i'm
8: sure you will be i'm sure you will be but uh anyway well i here, here's my here's my take on the whole situation okay for the show all right Number one, we got to stop throwing Coach Mark Richt under the bus right now, okay? we got to stop doing that. That's not helping the situation, in my opinion. It just doesn't help. Or with the recruiting situation. Yes, he needs to fix this, this, uh, this problem, but I'm telling you guys out there, this is not a quick fix, okay? He has to, he has to work on this in the off season, And this problem probably can get worse. I hate to say it, but it probably can because the defense, is losing a lot of people. I'm hearing that they're losing up to eight starters. If the linebackers uh, all turn pro early or so, I've heard the rumor about it. I don't know if you have, Gary. Have you?
1: Well, hopefully they're not going to all turn pro early because if those three guys all turn pro early, which they have no business doing, they are in serious trouble next year.
8: Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm looking at, too. Hopefully we can convince them to stay, you know, (laughs) but... Anyway, to make a long story short, I know there's some people that want to get on here. Um, yeah, you know, Offensive coordinator, if he goes in that direction, who do you think is the best candidate? I know Ken Dorsey is absolutely out of the question, but who do you think is the
9: best candidate? Uh, I,
1: the- yeah, I don't, I don't know who the best candidate is. I, have, I don't know who's available. I don't know, you know. I haven't studied all the offensive coordinator prospects around the country and, and all that. I can't, I can't nope. really answer that question. What I can say is I do not think that Ken Dorsey is the answer. I think if you're going to make that move, you got to bring in a guy that has done it and done it more than once. He's done it over and over again. He's progressing in his career. He, he understands what to do in every situation. And he brings a level of expertise that can accentuate what Mark Richter already brings to the table. If you're not going to do that, if you're going to bring in a young guy, that's learning on the job that's never done it before that mark rick has a million times greater expertise than then you're wasting your time so no i don't think it's ken dorsey but uh, i hope i do think like i wrote a a week ago that mark rick needs help and he needs to go find that guy that i just described
8: what i'm getting the impression of gary is i think he's trying to do too much I mean, give credit to him. He's, he's doing everything he can, but I think he's, he's got a lot on his plate right now, and he needs, you know, he needs some pressure taken off you know, off his plate here.
1: Well, so, you know, I, being- I, I, I agree, but I respect the <laughs> fact that, look, he, he got the job, and they gave, yeah. him, they gave him autonomy to do what he felt he should do. And there was no other way to do no. it. You have to do that when you hire a new coach. Now, he has a three-year sample size now. To to work off of. And and, and he has to be able to look at and and even when it involves himself, he needs to look at himself first and and figure out what he's doing is not working because he can't start making moves and demands all up and down the organization and building and players and everything else and recruits and all that if he doesn't start with himself first and, you know, I, he, I, I hope he does it. I want to see the guy succeed. I want to see, the obviously, the program do well. But but to me, that's got to be the first step. He's got to start with himself and his role and his responsibilities and how he can make what he's doing better.
8: Right, right. You know, you hit it right on the head, Gary, and that's exactly what I'm thinking as well, you know, because that's a lot of work. Up and down the line, that's a lot of work to do. <laughs> so, anyway, uh Yeah, and like I said before, there was a lot of mistakes on the O-line that I saw in all the games that I went through, you know, like the left tackle. I'll give you an example. Left tackle, he's always lunging forward, you know, with his head down. He needs to get his head up, his shoulders square, and he needs to keep his feet chopping. and he's not doing that, you know. And other things, too, you know, just basic fundamental what I'm seeing in, in all these games, and that's not helping. You know the, the pocket collapses just like that, and there's nothing you can do. So this definitely needs to be fixed in the off season, absolutely. Now, do you think that uh, he'll like uh, make a change in the uh, quarterback, quarterbacks coach there? I don't know how old the son is.
10: I forgot.
1: I mean, we have no idea. We don't. I mean, we're all obviously talking about it. We don't. We don't know. I mean, he's not going. He's not answering that question now. Right. We tried, yeah, you know, I, we, I we, we tried to ask him a little bit about that today, but he wasn't going to answer it. There's no way.
8: Oh no, 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 no! Not during the middle of the season. You know, this is no. something that's got to be, has got to be looked at in the off season, obviously. You
1: know, but, but it's got to be looked at quick in the off season. I'm not talking about after the bowl game. I'm talking about after the Pittsburgh mm-hmm. game because, you know, you've got an early signing day now, and I did ask him about this today, and oh yeah, you know, okay. you got an early signing day coming up the third week of December and you don't have time to procrastinate. Like if you, if you're going to keep recruits, get a, get new recruits, th- these are the questions they're going to want answered because this is the, the, the noise that they're hearing from everybody else recruiting them.
8: Right. And you know, the clock's ticking more or less right now, like you're saying.
1: So yeah, so well, he doesn't have to announce anything now, but he sure better be thinking about it and, and you know, yeah, making some I'm of these sure decisions now.
8: Oh, I'm sure he is, Gary. There's absolutely no question about it. I mean, you know, but anyway, well, let me let you go, bud. let let some other people on the line here. And I want to get back to watching
1: the election results. So all right, Mike. All right. Good Thanks for calling in, man. Right. We'll you. Sorry. We'll talk Bye. to you next week. All right, five six three nine 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 three six three 563-999-3633 is the number. Hit the number one on your keypad if you'd like to come on the show. Let's go out now to the two o two. You're live on Cane Sport Live.
9: What's going on, Gary? This
1: Deuce from DC. How are you? Hey, what's up, Deuce? How you doing tonight? Not much.
9: I'm okay. Um, I'm gonna try to be quick for you. Uh, that that uh, <laughs> we're playing Duke at home, right? Mhm. We sh- we should s- we should score 20 points per game. You break that down, that's seven points a quarter. We're scoring half of that in four quarters, right? It's seven minutes left on the clock. Where's the urgency? We 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 actually could have got two or three possessions out of that if we move fast, move urgency. We we look at us play, you look at the quarterbacks. We look like our coach one of the other callers said. It's lethargic you know, just slow, okay, I'll get the plays in, I'm gonna clap and wait six seconds. Where's the urgency? you you have to score and get a two point conversion and or try to get an onside field goal, I mean onside kick in order to, you know, to, to get the points necessary. I just I just I, I don't see it. Um he he really uh, underestimated the job, which is crazy, um, coming from where he came from you would think that he would know, you know, exactly what he needs, but he wants he wants a cushy job. He does not want anybody on his staff to make I don't know that that's true.
1: I don't know. Uh, you know, pe- people are saying that in anger. I I don't know that Gary, that's true. How how, do we, how does anybody out here know what what Mark Gary, Rick was thinking when he took the Miami Gary, job? Yeah.
9: Gary, all you have to do is go back and just do a little research at Georgia. They okay, but this isn't a cushy job. Gone, he wouldn't do It no, no, no. When I say a cushy job, I mean he doesn't want anyone on his staff that has comparable experience or, or, or that's a big personality. If you notice, everyone on his staff he has a relationship with or they have a relationship with Manny because he wants it to be comfortable. The whole Pruitt experience that, that backfired. At this mm-hmm. stage of his career, he feels like the guys on his staff, he wants them to be a particular way.
1: But he's yeah, the
9: staff me. that we're going to win with. Yeah, that he, I'll agree with. He, he wants
1: a staff that has good chemistry with each other and that's loyal to each other and loyal to him. There is no question about not that.
9: But that's not winning us ball games. It's not. It's, it's just, I agree. It's not. And, and it hasn't won us ball games in three years. When you look at it, we had a terrible first year. We had fool's gold the second year and an even worse third year. If you self-scout, that tells you all you need to know. You can't keep doing things the way you're doing them because you can't even be – Duke, you barely beat North Carolina on a regular basis. It, it, it's it's getting to the point where, you know, it's it's we're becoming the stock again, and it's worse because we have a reputable coach. So that makes it look much worse than it really is. If we had Golden and we're going through this, I understand it. But there's no way in hell you're going to tell me that he's been practicing with these quarterbacks for two to three years and they look this bad. They look terrible, both of them. Look terrible, and if you tried out any quarterback we have, we've had outside of Kaya, we've looked like we don't practice offense at all. It's 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 amazing. It the the O line coach, okay? We we have guys on our O line that you know save save a couple of them that other other schools wanted. Why is it that South Florida or UCF or whoever they can, you know name any school Utah? Why is it that their offense functions and and they're able to put up points, where we can't do anything? It's the coaching that what 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 type of blitz? I mean, excuse me, what type of blocking are they marrying with the scheme? Because if you're asking these guys to get out and do certain things that they can't do, the block is going to look worse. And also, like like I spoke about last week. You know, you have a situation where you're so predictable that the defense doesn't really have to do anything. Now they they try to you know to do the motion and everything, but that's the running game. What happened was we made a lot of uh, tweaks to the run game, but when it was time to pass, we didn't pose any threat. We didn't we didn't. How can you not stress Duke with the athletes we have and they're banged up? That's this is one of the worst losses of his career. Easily, you only scored 12 points at home against Duke. Easily yeah. one of the worst losses of his career, and he, he if you notice he wasn't as condescending and he didn't turn his nose up so quickly after this after this loss because now nah, he, he knew it was a horrible
1: loss he knows that yeah
9: yeah, and you can't have a – you can't he's not you, you you kept saying this all season if you can't trust Mark Rick with your quarterback, then you can't trust him well i uh, uh, and along with you know thousands of other kings yeah, fans he's kind of
1: shot that out of the water the last few weeks, hadn't he jeez yeah, you.
9: Know, you you can't trust this guy with your quarterback. That's why.
1: I mean, I really uh, felt that way. Saying, like, dude, that's. I mean, he's he's been working with quarterbacks for two dec, you know, a couple decades, more than two decades, three
9: it. decades. But think about this, Gary. What quarterback has he has he really ever had that was that was really great? When you, when you when you really oh come on he had
1: he had Charlie Ward, Chris Winky. Uh, then he, okay. you know, all those guys, okay. Matthew Stafford at Georgia and and and, and David Yachty. Green and those guys. Yachty. I mean, he, he had plenty of good quarterbacks. Come on.
9: Okay, but listen to me. They were good college quarterbacks, right? But well, what did they do once they left him? Nothing.
1: Oh, one of them? He, I okay. mean, Matthew Stafford That's had a great career.
9: The best quarterback he ever had, he did absolutely nothing with him while he had him. Think about that. They had no Sean and AJ and Stafford and they could not beat anybody. And 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 this this is the last thing I I'll, I'll leave you with. What game in three years has Mark Rick won that he should not have won? That's nice. how you tell your progression. Yeah. He's never beat a team that he was supposed to lose to, but he's lost the teams he was supposed to
1: beat. No, and now, in fairness, he deserved a few years to build the roster and get the roster right. But this is year three. I mean, you know, this is you're supposed to be your turn the corner yeah. year, not your not take your step backward year.
9: Year two, you can't lose the Pittsburgh on a row Year two, I don't care. Well, you can, sense, you, you can,
1: because it. you won ten in a row, and nobody wins every single game. Yeah, I mean, that team that, that team, that team last year had no business. You can being lose, defeated. Gary. I, I didn't say you're gonna, you're gonna say lose. You can't lose. Yeah, you're gonna. I didn't lose.
9: say you can't lose. No, no, you, you're going to lose. And, and the lose other
5: mistake,
1: the, the other mistake that we make out here on this side of the, the of the of the equation is we think that we could sit there in August and pencil in the W's and the L's. You can't do that anymore.
2: College Very football true. is, is
1: college football has way too much parity in it. You have way too many good coaches. Just in the ACC alone, you can't sit there and pencil in W's and L's in August. You but yeah, think you and, can, but you can't.
9: At the beginning of the season, the losses that I penciled in were LSU and I penciled in Boston College.
1: Those are the mm-hmm. two that
9: I that I said, okay, we're going to lose those yeah. games. And, and part of the reason why we lose games,
1: is I penciled in Boston start. College so, and one so. of the techs. My my yeah, my yeah. my list had Boston College and one of the techs, and that's why I said that they'll go ten and two this year. But uh, you know,
9: yeah, and and and, and that's fair. So I'm I'm I don't you I mean Nick Saban doesn't go undefeated. I don't expect anyone to go undefeated, but you have to beat teams you're supposed to beat, and you always got to get a game you're you you were not supposed to get, at the very least. And He hasn't done that. It's it's and we always start slow. So you know we're going to go to Georgia Tech, right? And he, his his play calling keeps teams in the game first and foremost because he's not aggressive at all. So. To, in order, to, this is why Clemson destroys them. Clemson gets up 14 or 17 points in the first quarter, and the game's over.
4: We somehow yep.
9: only score 21 points the entire game, and we're struggling like hell to beat these guys for no reason. We should wipe the floor with them. We should wipe the floor with every team well, we play, he, he, with the exception, with the exception of Florida State, Clemson, Virginia Tech. He, here's Even one no thing I teams, feel
1: pretty. Here's one thing I feel pretty strongly about. If you're a team going on the road. You better frickin' go strike first. You better come out with your best stuff from second one of that football game. Because if you look at all these games that they've lost on the road, there's a common denominator, and that is the other team comes out and seizes it by the cojones right from the beginning, the way Boston College did, the way Virginia did. Every
9: team does that to us. Every team does that to us in the first quarter of every game we play, regardless of where we are, with the exception. well, matter of fact, North Carolina did it. If they didn't turn the ball over, that was, that game was gonna get interesting.
1: Yeah, you know, and so to, he has can't to do let nothing. you he, cannot let the home team get rolling. It gets too tough. Yeah, yeah, you can't. If they get you momentum can. in their home stadium, I don't care who you're playing. And and
9: and when someone spoke about offensive coordinator, right? I don't know if um if you're familiar with with Kev, Kevin Wilson, right? But he's up at Ohio State. Well, they hired him to be the offensive coordinator, but then brought in Ryan Day. So if I'm – I call Kevin Wilson and ask him if he's interested in coming down to call plays. You can still be involved. You can still coach the quarterbacks. But you can't design the offense or call the plays because clearly he's stuck in the past. In, In any other job, you can't take off 15 years and decide you want to go in somewhere and be elite, and you haven't surrounded yourself with elite personnel. You can't do that. If I don't do my job, Gary, I get fired. Yeah. And the guy that allowed me to not do my job, he gets fired. You cannot yep. allow this man to not do his job on offense for three straight years, four straight years. It can't happen.
1: It can't. Just, just keep me on hold. You got it, man. Hey, great call. Thanks for calling in. All right, guys, let me take a moment here to talk about really a subject that we've been covering every single week. And, and it, I, I know it's caught on with so many of you because I've heard the stories about the, the visits that you guys have made to Sicilian oven and Sicilian oven is one of the best and rapidly expanding dining concepts in all of South Florida. And I couldn't be happier that this year on cane sport live, we've been able to introduce them to you and, uh, have so many of you guys go to one of their six locations throughout South Florida and sample what phenomenal, phenomenal and affordable Italian food that they have to offer. And, uh, There's all kinds of pizza places all over South Florida. I was in a restaurant today and they were sitting there making some crazy pizzas. I, I, I can't even tell you what they were making. I'd never seen anything like it. I mean, supposedly it was like with focaccia bread or something. And uh, it seems like everywhere you go, you can get pizza in some way, shape, or form, but there is no place. And I mean, no place quite like Sicilian oven. And uh, they have those six locations spread throughout South Florida, no matter where you're going and coming, you probably can make your way pretty easily to one of those locations. And at Sicilian Oven, they offer a new way of dining, using the best ingredients and flavor combinations mixed into a carefully designed menu and many of their recipes have been handed down from generations through the DeSalvo and Garibusso families and that's what the food tastes like when you're eating in their restaurant it's like it's like you walked into an Italian kitchen and and grandma said I'm gonna make you a meal and they just keep bringing the food out whatever you're willing to order and pay for obviously and uh every dish is better than the last one and uh It begins with classic pizzas with traditional toppings and it expands to gourmet and select pizza combinations that are far removed from what you'll find at the nearest corner. And I know so many of you guys love wings. They have wood-fired rings that they marinate for 24 hours in Italian herbs and spices and they serve them with caramelized onions. They offer a wide array of specialty dishes from eggplant dishes to mussels and fire-roasted shrimp Palermo, which I had last week, which I thought was phenomenal. They have soups, sandwiches, salads, pasta dishes. No matter your taste, you will find something great at Sicilian Oven at those six locations throughout South Florida. You got one more home game. You got the pit game at the end of the year. So if you want to go on your way to or from Hard Rock Stadium, you got the plantation location at the Fountains Complex off University Drive, or the Aventura location at 205th and Biscayne Boulevard. You need a place to eat great food and watch a road game? There are other locations in Lighthouse Point, in Coral Springs on Sample Road and 101st, and in Boca Raton. Their newest location on Oakland Park Boulevard, just west of Bayview in Fort Lauderdale, has a full liquor bar. So get on over to your nearest Sicilian Oven restaurant and get ready to experience the next level in casual Italian dining. You can visit SicilianOven.com to find the nearest location to you. It's Sicilian Oven and SicilianOven.com. You will not only love the taste, you'll taste the love every single time you go. If you haven't checked it out, make sure you get there soon. You won't be sorry. And we'll have that Sicilian Oven Point Counterpoint segment with Bruce Warner and our special alumni guest tonight, Mr. Robert Bailey, coming up shortly in the next hour. In the meantime, the call-in number is 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go out now to the 240. You're live on Cane Sport Live. <laughs>
5: What's up, Gary?
1: I'm doing good. Who's this? D Black. Hey, where you been, man? <laughs> you mean you've hey, been you've been in hibernation hey, uh, this year? You, is it because the team's not playing well?
7: I've been laying in the cut like a half moon Caesar. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? Uh, nah, it's not that. Well, I, I'm, I'm giving you the floor call... because you
1: got you got a lot of catching up to do, yeah. and I, lo- I I love your opinion. So <laughs> you just hey. go, man. Just go.
7: <laughs> actually. Actually I was on I called last week but I called a little late and I just I didn't get on but I heard a lot of people, you know, a lot of disgruntled people. I mean which is understandable. They have all reason to be. But first let me give a shout out to hey, yo, Ross. Ross up in Jersey. Hey, hit me up on King Sport, shoot me your number so I can um uh, so I can call you man, we can chop it up on some football stuff. 305 came. You do the, uh everything 305. Excuse me. You do the same thing. All right, Gary. Now, week after week, I've heard you say because I've called and just listen, I heard you say you know we need a quarterback, a, dra- a grad transfer to bridge the gap, so to speak, right? And and I don't and I don't disagree with that. Now, if you think about it, we had a quarterback here that could have bridged the gap in the cozy could have learned under, but Mark Ritt pushed him out, forced him to leave. And that was Brad Kaya. If Brad Kaya was on this team last year, we don't lose the pit. That Clemson game is much closer than it was, and we damn sure don't lose the West Coast. Why? Because all the throws Malik was missing, Brad Kaya hits. He drops down. You know, people might have complained he wasn't mobile, but one thing for sure, Brad Kai was standing in that pocket and deliver that and deliver that ball. Ask him Richards, did, did he miss him once he was gone? I mean, the proof is in the pudding. He broke all Michael Irvin's records, his freshman year. Why who was throwing in the pill? Brad Kai. Right? Now, the Duke game. I don't care about no weather. I don't care about no two fumbles, even though you know he's hey, you're running back, it's gonna happen. This cast that make millions of dollars to fumble the ball. Like one of the callers said, we need to be able to respond to that. Like we only scored two we only scored twelve points against Duke. Yeah, that is his worst. His worst loss in his career. Gary, there's no and you and you said you penciled in losses. That you can't go undefeated. Here at Miami, you shouldn't lose to certain teams. You shouldn't lose to the to the Pitt and to the Duke and to the Boston colleges. Even though Boston College throughout the years have given us a good game. They didn't beat us. And I was having this conversation with somebody earlier this week and we talk about the program. And I I will pose this question to you too, Gary. If Michael Irvin, Ed Reed, Edwin James, uh uh, uh, DJ Williams, Johnson Vilma, John Beeson, and they Warren that. they all sitting down in front of you and they're, and they're expressing to you the same, the same, the same displeasure of the program that we the fans are seeing and expressing to you. Do you sit down there and do you tell them oh, don't worry about it, let this man have an opportunity to build his roster, this, that, and the third? Like, now you're talking now, you're, you're, you're sitting in front of cats who not only did it at the university, but have gold jackets. So they know what they they know what they see. And, like, everything 305 said, yeah, the eye in the sky don't lie. And I said that several times last year. You put it on tape, and once it's on tape, and you go back and you review the tape, not only do you review the players, but in reviewing the players, you got to critique yourself. As a coach, as a play caller, how are you getting this team prepared? They was off for a week. They had a bye week. It went to Boston College, and they looked totally unprepared. That's on the head coach. That's on the coach. Like you would never see. And I and, and, and I hate to say this. I hate to bring this dude up because I don't like him. Because I always say, where was this guy at, at at Michigan State? Why wasn't he great at Michigan State? Why was he? Only won one title at LSU, but I'm gonna say his name. You never see Alabama. You never see Alabama team unprepared under Nick Saban. Never. And one thing also, he doesn't coach the offense. Yeah, that is his defense. But he had a defensive coordinator for years, Kirby Smart. He just coached the DBs. The DBs was his baby. And and that's what Mark Rick needs to do. Like right like now, like you told Cain Kane, you do care. Because I told Kane Kane a few weeks ago, I don't care. And he said the same thing you said. I said, No, what? I said, You know why I don't care? I said, I don't care. I said, Because the people that should care, they don't care. Nah,
1: that's King,
7: not King's, true. No, nah, nah, you can't tell me that. Because it's you not true, you Deep, deep Black. All right, put like this. You can't sit here, Gary. We're in a, this is a, a, a results based job. If I worked in my, if I worked in a job where my job I have to show results year in and year out. But by my third year, I'm not wielding any results. Do you think I'm gonna still have that job for a fourth year?
1: But but D Black, wait a minute. They they were making forward progress the first two years. I mean the oh, program no, 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 The program that started the season, when they got on the plane to Dallas, okay, they had made nothing but forward progress in every way, shape, or form under Mark Rick. And they were expecting to be way better than this this year. Now, from the minute they stepped foot in Jerry's world in Dallas, it's been an abomination. And, you know, it's, it started with a, – a, and he hasn't made many. But it started with that gargantuan mistake that Manny Diaz and his guys made in the first quarter of that game. And I thought that was a massive development in that game. I don't know if everybody agrees with me. But how are you sitting there in the first quarter against LSU – and you don't have a starting linebacker on the field, and you don't have one of your starting safeties on the field, and you let them go and, 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 and hit you for a 52-yard run in a game that big on national TV, that meant so much to the program with your fan base had flown to Dallas and turned out every significant football alumnus that's played for this university was in that stadium that night. And you can't, like, how does that happen? And, and, and like I said, Manny hasn't made many of them, but that was his first one. And from there, okay. it, it's just it, right. it's been, you know, just a horrible string of decisions and moves and by Mark Richt. And, and he's having a horrible year. And no argument, certainly for me. And I don't know that anybody would make an argument saying that Mark Richt's not having just an absolutely horrendous year as the head coach of this team. Now, that said, D. Black, you don't fire a guy <clears throat> who's been a coach for his whole life, 30 something years. He's been a head coach 20 years. He's been he's in his third year here. You don't fire him because he's having a bad year, but you darn sure look to him to fix it and fix it quick and make it better. And that doesn't mean that the, the fact that they're not firing him doesn't mean that they don't care. Trust me, they care. See right. the difference
7: now? Yeah, so I, I'm gonna comment. I'm gonna I'm I'm make quick points on both of those. One, yeah, I'm not gonna look. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not gonna rag the defense ever because the defense has been holding us afloat for the past three years. Now, yeah, that was a mistake not have a starting linebacker on the field. But you know what you do as an offense? You tell the defense, you know what? You know what? Fuck it. That, hey, don't worry about it. We got your back. We're gonna go we hey, we're gonna go right down here and we're gonna score. That that that's how that's that's how you combat that. Now about what you said. Maybe okay, you're right. Maybe he shouldn't be fired. But guess what? This almost kind of feels like how, you know, how Bobby Bowden toward the end of his career at, 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 at Florida State was, how recruiting wasn't, wasn't where it was, the offense was real lacking. But that hasn't been the case kidding.
1: here.
7: They oh, had a, a great on, recruiting me. class. No, listen to what I'm saying. Now, I'm just talking about okay. the offense now. The offense, is, the, offense, the offense is stagnant for the past two years, right? It's very stale. It's very stale. I've, I've seen offenses on Friday nights high school, or ESPN, who offenses are more upbeat, more energetic, more deception in their offense than what we see in Mark Rick's offense. Now, the offensive line is this poor. Maybe because of the culture and the scheme. Sometimes, sometimes Gary, you gotta think players first, then scheme. See, Mark Rick, is, Mark Rick has a scheme. Maybe your players that you got, particularly the O-line, they can't run your scheme. So maybe you got to adjust your scheme to the, to the players that you have, and maybe we may see a little more success. But as a coach, now, you can, you can call out the players behind closed doors, and you can rip them a new a-hole behind closed doors, you know? But when you in front of the media, in front of y'all, you fall on that sword. You, you, you accept, you take all that blame. But behind closed doors, oh yeah, you tearing them a new asshole. Pardon my French. But when you out in, in front of the public, you fall on that sword. You fall on that sword. Or you get a player to come up and say, yo, we're we we not playing. We're not standing up or playing to the standard of what a Miami Hurricane is supposed to play like, like a DJ Dallas would say, or a Trajan Bandy would say. But as a coach, you don't do that. You follow on that sword. And I'm like, it is what it is. Like, yo, Nick Saban, that's why the Alabama program is it, the way it is. It is what it is. Because he don't like losing. and He's not going to accept anything but excellence, yo. It's almost like we say, you know, it's a you know, couple, couple of steps. Yo, don't talk about the labor pains, yo. Just show me the baby. I don't want to hear about the labor pains. Just show me the baby. Well, don't give me excuses. They show me results. That's it. That's all we want as Kane fans. We're tired. I mean, Gary, we're tired. We thought it was going to be different when we hired this man. It seemed like we're still in the same situation as we were without Golden.
1: Well, like, it, it, I it can tell you. I way. can tell you. I mean, I'm pretty close to it. I don't think you're in the same situation. I, I, don't, I don't think it's that bad. But I, but I do think, I mean, I don't know if you heard the song at the start of the show, Crossroad. They, they're at a crossroads. And they got to get busy. And you know, it's it's 9:06 on on uh, Tuesday night. Good I night. hope the coaches are in the office right now working on on recruiting because uh, they're going to need to grind this out. Like they can't afford to blow this recruiting class. They can't afford for it to even be average. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the, the the crisis point series that we've been doing on the website this week. Uh, we've done we've put a few parts out already, and we we'll have a few more each day as we go forward this week, when you start looking at what's on the roster and, and where they are at every position, um, like I know I'm really realizing this defense is getting old real quick. And if those linebackers go out, they're in big trouble next yeah. year. And, you know, yeah, they, they they, this is a huge recruiting class. They cannot let this thing fall apart and they got to make it better than what it even is right now.
7: And, and, and think about this, Gary. Last year, no, not last year. Yeah, last year, last year we lost three games in a row, right? Pitt, mm-hmm. The ACC championship game and then the bowl game. This year, another three game losing streak, and the season isn't over yet. So I'm like, really? Like, if you think about when we was when we had Al Golden, our offenses were much better, way better than the three years here under Mark Rick. We had Jed Fish and James Cody. The offense was way better, way better. Maybe because we had a better quarterback. Because Brad Kye dropped down.
1: They Brad Kai is miles, miles better than these guys, and he's not even an NFL quarterback. What does that tell you, D Black, about the state of the quarterback at this
7: place? It, it, it tells, it tells you, it tells you a whole lot, Gary. But it also tells you that he should have never forced Brad Kye out of the program. That's what it tells I don't you, think he forced them
1: out. He, I don't think he forced it. I think I don't think they hit it off real well. I think Brad Kaya, you know, was ready to go try pro football. But uh, you know, the fact that he is by far better than what they're playing with now, and I totally agree with you, and that there's nothing better on the horizon right now, tells you what the state of affairs is at that position. And they got to change that quick. And I hope somehow, some way, they they convinced this Kelly Bryant kid to come here because he would buy them a year. No doubt. I don't know he's going. I don't know that he's going to come here. It's going to be a tough sell, but he would buy yeah, them a year.
7: But like you said, now giving you credit on this, like you, but like you said, after the pit game, if he can go out there and secure a proven offensive coordinator that can also that, that shows he can call plays and has a high potent offense that runs the ball and mixes mixes in the pass well but also can recruit, I think we get a Kelly Bryant and some other high-profile recruits on the offensive side. But not only that, Gary, we have, to, we have to address the offensive line coach. We have to address that because they ain't bad by themselves. They're getting coached up. So maybe we need to change deer as well. Just saying but, I mean, I had a whole lot of other stuff on my mind, but I'm going to let all, all my all my my brothers get on this line. But uh, Ross, hit me up in the inbox, man, with your number. And um, everything 305, do the same, man, so we can top it up, man. Talk some football, talk some Kane stuff, and, you know, because I like you guys' perspective. I like what you guys say. And the brother that's from 202, the brother from D.C. I'm right here in, in, in Maryland, in PG County. So you do the same with your number, man, so we can top it up. Gary, it's always a pleasure. Hopefully we could go up here. Once again, we're prime time because everybody either want to see Miami lose or see Miami win. So hopefully they get they uh get the molasses out their ass Pardon my friends Gary and uh <laughs> get get back to winning. Like cause, All right, right, like, Black. Hey, women.
1: thanks thanks as always for calling in.
7: All right, man, keep me on hold, man.
1: You you got it. All right, 563-999-3633. Five six three nine 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 three six three three let's go to the nine one seven you're live on Kane Sport Live
11: Hey, Gary, what's up bK
1: Kane hey what's up bK What you got for us this week? uh
11: not much, not much um just just real quick, I'm going give everybody a chance to get on. I'm sneaking this call I at work, so um yeah, um just just talk about just the recruiting thing like really quick, like now that Crowley has decommitted, I was never you know, I liked them, never was really that high on them i don't that it's that big of a loss, but why is it we never went hard after the kid Naquan? Right.
1: Well, I, I think you got to remember they got uh, Kenny McIntosh sitting there as a running back, and they got and they got Mark Richards sitting there as a but running you back.
3: Think two... Both of them are locks
1: to come. Or well, no, do I don't the think anybody's kind of a lock right There's others. no locks right now. No, there's no locks. However, those are two kids that. I mean, obviously they've been recruiting for years that they, you know, feel relatively good about. So we'll see. I mean, there's no locks anymore. I'm not going to argue that, but uh, you know, it's not a dire situation yet. Now, if they don't get any of the three and then they have nobody, I mean, they might survive for a year. The running back position is still pretty good Uh, going into next year. You know, hopefully Lingard comes back from his knee injury uh cam davis is, is still sitting there hasn't done anything yet uh homer and dj dallas will be back so it, it wouldn't be a dire situation at, at at this point but you know obviously you don't want them all to the so we'll see
11: right so being that the season is going the way it is right now there's pretty much nothing we could do about it um i'm just hoping that they could find a way to pull out the last three games Right So But the thing about it is That we won't be able to gauge Where the Where the team is Until after this year You know That's just my opinion You won't be able to gauge Where the team at, is Until after this year Because We're Everybody's waiting To see what Mark Rick does at the end of the year this is that year that no doubt Golden was given this is the year that Golden was given and we were all hoping he would do something and then he comes out and says well I'm not making any changes you Yeah, know? that didn't
1: work out very well.
11: and that was his that was that you know that pretty much cost him his job you know that pretty much so I'm just waiting to see if Mark Rick goes in and decides I'm not making any changes, and we have a year that's underperforming.
4: Would you consider that a
11: fireball offense, or do you think at that point that's the point? He's going to say, okay, I need to make my changes, or are we just stuck with whatever he's given us?
1: No, it's not a fireable offense by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, Mark Rick will be back as the head coach next year. I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, no, not but, this year. I'm
11: talking about the end of next
1: year. Next season? You know, this year. Uh, I don't think it will be a fireable offense changes. next season either. But, But, but really, you know. I, nah, yeah, I think, I think you've got to give any coach five years, and, and I think the buyouts will still be too big anyway. It won't even be an issue. And I think Mark Rick's built up a lot of goodwill here, and I think people want to see him succeed. I mean, you have a lot, a large segment of the fan base that's very angry right now, no, no, right. no, no doubt about that. But the university itself is very invested in Mark Rick, and they're going to be looking to him to straighten out – the, the the problems and, and 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 not be in denial about them.
11: Right. I just hope he learns from the past coaches that we had here that yeah. didn't make the mistakes or decided to do a Randy Shannon decided to make the mistakes too late. I mean to make the corrections too late and then he was fired. The year. I mean I'm not I'm not going to lie to you, man. I'm, I mean I'm
1: a little concerned. I I am a little concerned. I mean I don't think the recruiting class right now is close to good enough. To you know, to what they need it's, to to keep this thing on, on the defensive side at the same level. Uh, you know, forget right. the offensive side. You know, I think they have a lot of talent on the offensive side, and I think they're recruiting pretty well on the offensive side. I'm concerned about the defensive side of the ball because I'm seeing the right. best players on this team getting old or getting ready to leave very, very quickly, and, and I to am step not. Up. I am not close to with what's sitting there right now to step up. And this is a big recruiting class this year. And right now I don't think it's good enough. And uh, I mean, I just hope that those guys are working their, their tails off here these next six weeks and are going to make it better.
11: Do you think that, 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 that that would be less of an issue if we saw more development from the players, like even with our defensive guys, like, if you look at him, even on the, against the defensive line, maybe ex- with the exception of Gerald Willis, you're seeing guys just relying on their pure athletic ability to just beat the guy in front of them. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? You're not seeing necessarily, oh wow, that this kid's got great technique, and he, you see how he got around that tackle, or see how he got around that guard, maybe except for Willis. But Joe Jackson. I mean, I think like we've seen running past people.
1: We've seen a lot of development at the defensive back position for sure. You know, I think uh, right. Rumpf and and Banda, right. Rumpf and Banda are doing a nice job with the DBs. Uh, we've seen a lot of development there. Uh, you know, I think kind of a mixed bag on the D line. I think I think we're seeing some development. I think Gerald Willis has taken a massive step forward under Jess Simpson. Uh, you know, obviously Joe Jackson's playing at, a, at 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 a very high level right now. You know, Garvin has been great at times, kind of invisible at others, you know, it just depends. I mean, yeah, he's still
11: young, though. he's he's still he's young. Still young. You
1: know, he's, he's still, still young, he still needs good. to get bigger, he needs to get stronger, no doubt. Uh but I yeah, I don't think it's fair to say there's no development. I I think the development on the defensive side has been pretty decent. I mean, on the offensive side, I think we've seen DJ Dallas develop pretty well. His fumbles the other night aside, um you know, I I think you could look at Homer, Homer's developed. Mm-hmm. Uh, not so much the O lineman. Uh, I think that's obviously yeah. a weak spot. The, the quarterbacks are obviously a weak issue. So the development's not as good on offense as defense. No doubt about it. Right. And I think and he's got to look at that.
11: Gonna, right. Yeah. We, yeah. Yeah. I think if we're going to make the leap to being where he wants us to be, where we want the team to be, he's got to upgrade his coaching staff. Because there isn't one coach on that staff where we could say, well, you know, I could see him being a big-time college football
1: coach. Listen, um, Thomas in about two Brown, or three years. Thomas Brown, Todd Hartley, and Ron Dugans are fine. He's got to look at the other two spots. Enough. And it doesn't oh, mean exactly. John Rick. Look, John Rick is not bad. Okay, John Rick is not is not bad. John Rick is what John Rick is—a young guy trying to learn how to be a coach, and he just doesn't have. I mean, I know it's a sum, but. He just can't do he that anymore. He, he needs. Right. He just needs. He needs more juice. He needs. Right. Uh, he needs a guy that can come in and take it and put a system into this program that will last for many, many years. The way that Manny Diaz has it. If Manny Diaz were to leave, he's left a system in place that works at this program. They got to do the same thing on the offensive side.
11: Well, let's hope they. They could. Uh, let's hope more, more. Rick has uh, one of the moments where he says, "You know what? I'm just gonna go and get a guy. You know, they could probably throw a million dollars at him, maybe a little short of that, and have him run the offense and do the quarter, and you know, coach the quarterbacks and get o O-line coach, and you know, that hopefully and
1: and go recruiting. Problem: two guys that can recruit their tails off and get them in place quick. Yep. All right, man. Hey, thank thank you so much for giving everybody a shot. You got it, man. Thanks for being part of the show. Keep me on the line. You got it. All right, guys, it's time for that segment that we've all grown to love so much this year. Man, we've had some great guests in this Sicilian Oven Point Counterpoint segment. Uh, Some great former players who are accomplishing great things in life, who have come back to share their wisdom with us. And um, now we're going to go out to Bruce Warner, who's got another one uh, on the line with him this evening, a guy that... Uh, is really making a big mark uh, in the agent business, working with Drew Rosenhaus and, and 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 getting so much done. And I've just got to find them here in the in the in the queue. I, they were here. They've uh... oh okay, they disappeared on me. So well, I'm, I'll get back to them in, in a minute. But the, Mr. Robert Bailey, uh, former Cane's defensive back, uh, who does work with Drew Rosenhaus, is is going to be coming on with Bruce tonight and uh, going to share some insight on what he sees when he watches the Canes. You know, Robert spent a lot of time in, in the National Football League and um, really brings a lot of knowledge to the table. So, we'll be going to them in a minute. But in the meantime, let me go out to the 404. You're live on Canesport Live.
6: What's up, Gary?
1: Doing Dude, good. Who's this? 808. 808. Hey, what's up, Bookie? How you doing tonight, man? What's Talk like, to man. us.
6: I'm doing all right, man. Um, yeah, uh, the guy... Is, the, the guy before you touched on something that I wanted to uh, touch on, and, and that was Hey Uki, Hey staff, Uki. Let me ask but... you a
1: question, Uki, Ookie. Do you have a lot of stuff tonight? Do you yeah, need you need I'm a few minutes? You need me. a few minutes. All right, um, I got Bruce yeah. and Robert now. They dropped for a minute. They're back. Let me do that segment, and then I'll come right back to you. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. I'll be I'll be I'll be back at you. So uh, so sit tight. All right. Let me go out into. Um, Wait a minute, where the heck did they go? They were just here. Oh, there they are. All right, Bob. Um, Bruce and Robert, you with us? Oh, looks like the god look I don't know what's going on with these guys. They 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 dropped again. Um sorry about that guys. They they keep coming back and forth. I don't know. But let me uh so let me uh go back to Uki and uh see what he's got. Go ahead, Uki, what you got?
6: Um, yeah, man, you know, one thing, one thing I want to um, touch on is um, is uh, recruiting a little bit. Now, Gary, you kind of contradict yourself a little bit when you're saying that um, the recruiting class is bad and they need to secure this recruiting class and stuff like that. Okay, they do, but then again, you can't. People can't be saying stupid shit. Like, oh, the, we don't need people, we don't need the D commits, and if the D commits leave then those are the type of players you don't need. No, Gary, that's the type of stuff we've been saying for years and years and years. Well,
1: I mean, that's just how I feel about that. it. If a, if a kid but, is okay, committed Gary, you and, he, and, 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 and you, you have a little adversity Gary, and he goes running for the woods, to me, Gary, that's not the kind Gary, of kid you want. That's, you know, it's an opinion. Do you have somebody opinion. to
6: replace him? Do you have somebody to replace him?
1: Uki, who's, who, who would you, who's the best safety on the team right now after Jaquan Johnson? Redwine, right? I know right now, Sheldrick Redwine, right? He, I mean, has he become a phenomenal player? Is he going to probably get drafted into the league? He, you know when they got him? On signing day. He was going to Louisville. They got him on signing day. Look, this player's out there. Cornelius Nunn is a nice player. He's a three-star, was committed to Syracuse. Decommitted from Syracuse to Miami. Now, two weeks after he does that, now he's decommitting again. You, you think you need a kid like that? Well, Gary, really? Here's the
6: thing, man. Here's 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 the, here's the thing, Gary. Yeah. And then, and this and this and it's time to cut the bullshit. It really is time to cut the bullshit.
1: Come on, don't curse. And,
6: well, it's time to cut the BS, Gary. Seriously. Yeah, go ahead. We. The, the issues with this program, Rick, coming from the SEC, supposedly the best conference in the entire country, he didn't do was nearly as good as he should have did with his staff, period. And somebody touched on this earlier. He hired a bunch of people. He was going to be a lovey-dovey family type of atmosphere with and. That's not. That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if y'all get alone. Can you? Can the cohesiveness? Can they coach? Can they develop talent? I mean, you look at Saban. He went and got uh, Lane Kiffin, and I'm pretty sure he knew their personalities weren't going to click, because Lane Kiffin is on a whole nother level. And you saw them at times arguing on the side of the on the sidelines. Saban getting in his ass but Saban knew, he knew offense. He knew quarterbacks. See, so he, he he didn't care whether he was going to get along with him or not. He just cared if he was going to help him win games. And that's what he did. So mm-hmm. he, he, Mark has got to get out of his head all this crap about what happened to him in Georgia. And he's got to start, start thinking about, I need to win. I need to have the best player, the best coaches on my staff that's going to help me win. And it's, you're not doing the injustice to the, you're not doing justice to the players that commit to you if you're not putting the best coaches around them to make them better. And there's so many questionable hires on the staff right now. It's not even funny. Even down to the strength and conditioning program, Gary. Let me ask you a question. And I and I said this to you. And I said this. And I said this to you beginning of the year. I said I think strength and conditioning is still a issue with Miami. And you said, no, it isn't. You said, oh, it, 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 I'm tired of people saying that it's, it's better than it was with Al Golden. It doesn't take much to be better than it was with Al Golden because Al
1: Golden was horrible. It You're right. It's take, better, it but it's take, still not good enough. I agree with you.
6: It doesn't take much to be better than anybody previous than us because everybody else was horrible. But the problem, the point is, it's not championship caliber. He went and got another inexperienced guy to, to run the strength and conditioning program, and there's still guys in there that were under uh, Swayze when, when Swayze was here. He didn't fix the problem. Yeah, guys are bigger, but it's mentally when you that and even your boy Mario said to said he's going to build his program through his strength and conditioning pro through his strength and conditioning staff, and, and there's a because line. That's, that's, that's where it starts, because if, if, if you don't have a mentally tough team then, then, then what do you have? What do you have? I posted a, I posted a video the other day of, of an old clip with uh, Tommy, with Tommy Moffitt, Moffitt from back in the Bush days. Gary, is it a coincidence that when he left and he went to, to went to LSU, the SEC entirely changed? And now you got every SEC program that's got little disciples of people that came under Moffitt because they took Miami's blueprint. Mm-hmm. And, and, and this is and this it's not it's not going to change until Miami gets that that gets that blueprint back and the conditioning program. Miami Miami's never had the best facilities. So let's get let's, let's get that out of the way. They're pretty the good now. My point is But if you ask anybody About the teams in Miami Back in the day Nobody was, nobody was well conditioned for football games In those Miami programs Nobody mm-hmm. nobody, And that's why we're lacking
1: That's why we're all right, Uki. Hey you Uki, guys, I don't mean to cut you short But I got those guys waiting to come on So I'm going to bring them on now But uh, th- you know, thank you so much You make great points as always And uh, give a shout in next week All right and I played your song for you. You had to like that. You there? All right, man. Thank you. All right. So we're going to go to that Sicilian Oven Point counterpoint segment now with uh, Bruce Warner and Mr. Robert Bailey, former Canes defensive back, spent many years in the NFL, and now is a superstar in the Drew Rosenhaus agency. And uh, Robert Bruce, welcome to Canes Sport Live. How are you guys doing tonight?
12: hey buddy how you doing Robert Bailey?
13: I'm doing great. I, I got my buddy with me, and uh he's a talker I mean I, you know everybody knows he talked before the cotton ball game, and you saw what happened on the kickoff. That's one of your claims to fame, my friend isn't it?
12: I appreciate it i'm uh you know it's an honor to be on the show I'm here with my kids. everybody say hi. hi!
0: All right. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah. You
12: know, it was they—they it, they didn't have school today. I hope everybody out there voted. You know, when you keep kids home from school so people can vote, it's a serious matter. So um, hey, we got know, that, we got voted. Donna Shalala into the House of
1: Representatives, Robert.
12: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. How about that? So what's going on? We—we we gonna talk some football?
1: Yeah, talk to us, um, man. What do you? Yeah, what do you talk see? Yeah.
12: What do I see? Uh, well, you know, I mean, obviously there's there's a as a former player some major disappointment, you know, not just in Miami, but just Florida as a whole, the state, Florida State, University of Florida, you know, the the, the three big ones.
6: Just
1: you know, we're not
12: holding up our end of the bargain. Florida is known for to be a football state, it's not a basketball state, not. You know, uh, you can probably argue about baseball at this point, but it's it's a football state, and for for those three major colleges to be playing the way they're playing, it's uh, you know it's it's disappointing. Um, you know, I hope I hope there's a turnaround soon because we're we're kind of a little bit of the laughing stock right now. But I'm a Miami fan, and a former cane, and uh, you know I'm with the team through and through, and I'm gonna stick with with, you know, these guys and and Coach Rick, uh, you know, last year uh, with the turnover chain and the way Miami was playing and the players are the same guys, you know, for the most part. The quarterback's still here. That was there last year. The running back's still here. That was there last year. The defense is even better. Tell you what's wrong with the team. But, you know, I'm not looking to throw the towel in just, just because the way this season has gone, I'm not willing to throw the towel in on on Rick or his staff. You know, maybe some of the philosophy may need to change. Maybe, you know, they just need to wipe the board clean and and start, um, you know, start, start new, but, you know, I believe in the players and I believe in the coaching staff and I'm I'm sticking beside them. Well, what
13: about the uh the notion of getting a new offensive coordinator? And 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 the follow-up question that goes along with that being an attorney is um you're a def- defensive player. When you watch Miami on offense, is it that easy for you to see what the defense is doing and taking away uh that they're limiting Miami so much that they're only averaging 13 points a game in the last 3 games?
12: Well, you know, as i said this is the same pretty much you know the same offense that was that was there last year i mean at one point in the season you know the quarterback was was people were really on his bandwagon and then as the year ended he 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 didn't have you know he kind of declined a little bit but you've seen success from him I don't know what happened. I don't know if he's lost his confidence. I don't know what it is. Yes, there's, you know, Coach has his, his, his son, right, uh, as the coordinator. Um, and, and so there's, there's some things that, that, I don't know, everybody wants to give their opinion. But I think that they just got to get back to the drawing board. I think the team, the players, there's multiple, multiple NFL players on that team. I mean we're talking probably you know seven or eight guys that will be drafted, yeah but defense. that's
13: off the defense probably for the most part yeah
12: i mean I mean for the most part, but that was that was that was off the defense last year too I mean let's you know i mean you know mark walton he he got injured last year, so so it's not like he you know he was a major part of the success last year he got injured and and Travis came in and and absolutely killed it. And now we have DJ Dallas who's also very good. So we got two good running backs, but we're still and you know, we're still not playing hurricane football. We're still not putting up the points and it's disappointing. But I, I, I don't think all of a sudden, you know, it's the weight room or it's, you know, Mark Ritt is on the hot seat or I, I just think that we we just have to get back to you know they 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 probably need a real long team meeting but long, get a,
13: We have to get a quarterback because all that stuff. You know, Amon Richards is out for the year, and a lot of the right. former players are talking to me that they really miss Michael Irvin's kid because he was a blocking tight end. And now they bring right. in a, a true freshman who was supposed to be a pass receiver. Now they're trying to make him into a blocker. That doesn't happen overnight. So right, they, they, they lost overtime. the guy in Amon who could take the safety over the top with him and free up Jeff Thomas and all the other guys. Now Amon right. is gone, and then Irvin's kid is gone. So what do you have? you got a bunch of kids. It's not the same. Yeah, that that's true. You know, we, you gotta, you know it's a young team. It's a young team. But
12: Amon Richards didn't play a lot last year either. No, he didn't.
13: Let's, let's be real.
12: I mean, you know, um, he, he he's just, I mean, two years ago, world beater. But, you know, the injuries hurt him. And he didn't play last year. And last year, we were all celebrating the turnover chain, and we're, we were – you know, after every game, we were we, we thought we were back. You know, hey, Miami is back. Around the country, everyone's talking. And all of a sudden, we may go from one side of the spectrum to the next. We're now, you know, laughing stock. We lost to Duke. I, I couldn't believe it. I was, I'm, You know, I'm still heartbroken. But I still believe that when you have those type of players, there are a lot of young guys playing. You know Jeff Thomas and some of those young guys next year is gonna is you know there's gonna be a lot better team. I believe in them. Yeah, this year it was difficult, It was disappointing. Uh, I'm not ready to point fingers at anybody. I think Mark Rick is still a, a, a major coach, and I think everybody's making. A, I think the ones who are are making a major mistake by, by you know talking down on him. I I think he's a he's a great addition.
13: So so you're so you're like um. You're shooting down SAP and some of these other guys because <laughs> well, well cause I believe he was at my house and he told me the same. He, you know, a lot of these guys are. Look, really
1: let me. The, I'll tell I you mean, what. Where would than SAP? They, they have every right. And to I. This. Hey, and I, I love SAP. Right. Okay, it, 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 I, I love baby. SAP. But Robert, where would SAP have been in the in the in the day of social media? Like these guys are operating under. Sure. I mean, you know, <laughs> you know, SAP wasn't always right. SAP. I, I mean, I remember early right. in his career, there was a game against uh, a bowl that bowl game against Nebraska, where Sapp yeah. you know, had to come out because he, he was all winded and everything. From whatever I'm trying to remember, all the details, but like Sapp wasn't always Sapp. I mean, obviously he went on to be
0: great.
12: Well, well, but... well you know, I, I don't, I don't know if I, I can join you on that, on that wagon. Sapp is a legend. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
12: no, no, I, I'm
1: just—I'm Obviously, I'm not dissing I'm just saying—I'm just saying these guys are on. a whole different Sapp a, generation.
12: Sap is a legend. No one's perfect, but I would take Sap all day, every day.
1: Yeah, know, I would too. With a bad but, leg, but I, I do remember him being totally you know, gassed I, against Nebraska. I remember him being gassed against
12: Here's on. what I'm saying: Everyone that has something to say negative about Margaret right now, last year they were loving him. So yeah. let's not, you know, let's not, let's not. This is not a guy that came in and just hasn't done anything.
1: Last year, having a bad year,
12: Miami. Right, I mean, I mean, we're, it's a bad
3: year. That's it.
1: Yeah. Let's not. Yeah, every, say, he's, I, I, every decision he's made, he's made has backfired. Uh, I mean, he totally screwed up the quarterbacks. They're both a mess. Uh, you know, he I, I promised. Think,
12: I think. I think. I, I think in coach, you know, Perry should not should not have played as as, as early he's a, he's young he may have may have messed up his confidence um you know he needs to grow he needs to continue to mature you saw some some light there when he played when he came in and played and and, and played you know played well he hasn't played as well but but you know he's a freshman he's he's young he's you know just to have that much pressure on him
13: is
0: too much. His
12: eyes are wide. I, right, it's
0: just. Well, he much. creates a lot
13: of his own pressure by the stupid things he does off the field, which <laughs> yeah, kind of which kind of hamstrung Rick. and and, the, back, and, and back, Weldon. Back. Weldon, he's another one with issues off the field. How can you trust a kid? So they're you really gotta, they're gotta really gotta stuck let, with the quarterbacks.
12: Let, you gotta let these kids develop. You know what I mean? I mean, you have to let them develop. If you if you if you just have a guy come in from from high school and. Does have some issues off the field, and then you throw him into the fire. And he's excited, you know, he's he's got talent because you you see some talent in him. You got to let him develop. But next year, I'm hoping that there's going to be uh, probably a little more discipline. And you know, I think this team is going to be on a revenge path. So I'm, I'm I'm excited for next year. This year, I hope we we finish strong but i I'm, I'm hoping and, and praying that next year the coaching
13: staff starts
12: these guys out early in the offseason with a major focus on on turning things around for next year
13: and and they've got to get some of these guys healthy, like Lorenzo Lingard. I, yeah, I, don't, I, mean, I don't even know if what, what um, Gary knows about his injury and where they expect him to be for yeah, next
1: season. he's got a long, he's got a long rehab, but hopefully he'll be back by the start of next season.
13: Do you, yeah, think, you know, see, Robert, do you think ahead. we should we should get a new offensive coordinator or just leave it the way it is?
12: You know, I I I I'm not ready to to throw in the towel on him, um, you know, just because it's been a bad year. Uh, I, you know, I don't know if I'm ready to throw the towel in on him, it's, you know, for me, quarterback is where you win, you know, if you don't have a quarterback, the chances are pretty you – know, not that you don't have a quarterback, but if you have a quarterback that's not playing well, you, do, you just have a, a hard – you know, what, what plays do you fucking call? You know, excuse mm-hmm. my language, but what plays do you call when you're limited in, in the passing game when a guy's lost his confidence and you're limited? Imagine being in that seat. How tough is that? You don't know what class plays to call. Everybody's not playing the run. And it's just – it's tough on the – and, and it kind of just snowballs.
1: Yeah, that nobody is, out here is, thinks about that. Nobody, nobody out here thinks about that. But, you know, and that's definitely a factor. But in fairness, Robert, he's brought this on himself. I mean, you know, he, he, he won 10 games with Malik Rozier last year. When He pulled them right. in and out – he pulled them in and out of the Pittsburgh game that they ended up losing. And he said after that game that he'd made a mistake and he wouldn't do it again. So what does he do this year? He does the same thing. And, you know, he could have played Nikozi Perry without – Throwing the whole thing in in the Cozy's lap. I mean, he turned the keys to the franchise over. Malik Rozier didn't take a first team rep for three weeks. I mean, it, it has been the one of the biggest coaching abominations I've ever seen. And all that said, I think you're absolutely right. You don't throw in the towel on him. That no, doesn't mean doesn't even you know see though.
12: You can't you can't, you can't right. throw the towel. In. You got let, <laughs> let you gotta let you gotta let them re, you know get back to the drawing board, revalue it. Because as I said earlier. These are guys, These are coaches, these are guys that we were all about last year. We were super excited. The future was bright. Yes, we hit a bump in the road, but I'm st- I still believe in these, these young kids. I believe in the coaching staff. I'm not ready to throw in the towel. I was super happy last year. I'm still happy the way we played last year. I still have a lot of hope for this team. Okay, this year wasn't, wasn't a great year, but I'm, I'm looking forward to next year.
1: And it's that, uh, hey, Robert, hilarious. talk about a couple of things, um, you know, from from your vantage point, uh, you know, working with Drew Rosenhaus and being so involved uh, in recruiting the college guys to, uh, and, and, and things like that. I want you to talk about a couple of different things. I want you to talk about the talent on the defensive side of the ball on this team and particularly whether those the Joe Jackson and the three linebackers are candidates to go pro early this year because that's what that's on everybody's mind and then I also want you to talk about the process of making that decision and you know you saw Norton and MacIntosh got kind of burned by it last year although I just saw that MacIntosh is being activated by the giants this week and, and might get a chance to play. But uh, when you look at where they got drafted, they probably got a little burned by their decisions last year. So talk a little bit about that. Just, you know, uh, you know, just that whole process, why it makes sense for some guys to go and some other guys not to go and what you see happening with these guys on this team this year that have those decisions coming up pretty soon.
12: Well, that's a great question. And, you know, Miami. Jare Willis is just an absolute stud. And uh, you know, he is 100% um going to be a first rounder. How high? I I don't know, but I I'm I'm certain he's going to be a first rounder. Joe Jackson is also a a guy that I think just un- unbelievable talent um you know another 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 guy that that could could be a first rounder certainly no 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 lower than you know middle of the second round um also So he's gone. Uh, definitely. I mean I, yeah, okay. I, I, would, I would I would 100% he's gone.
1: Right. And
12: Dequan okay. Johnson is around you know around the circles um also one of the top safeties Arguably one of the top safeties. Guy has an incredible motor. You know, one of the toughest tacklers. You know, just just a, a, a team leader, a, a defensive leader. This this defense is just stacked. Uh, there's a lot of great players. Redwine. Redwine is one of the few safeties in college that can actually play corner. Could Probably at, at the safety position could run, you know, 4-3, four, 4-4, has, the, has the, the, the hips and the, the, the speed to, to go from corner to safety and, and play, you know, those, those type of safety that can make that type of transition, you know, from corner to safety and tackle the way he can tackle. He can play in the slot position so he can play the nickel back. He can, you know, he's just a, 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 many tools. Michael Jackson, corner, he can run, loves to press. You know, another guy that, that's going to get drafted, I can go there's just a lot of guys on this team, Shaq.
1: How about the three junior linebackers the, the three linebackers.
12: junior linebackers you know, i I think they're they're all three, you know shaq is also a guy that that is highly respected Pinckney, highly respected. We're talking high high draft picks and those guys i you know i mean there's a greater chance that they're they leave than stay um especially the way the season's going. Um, it's just a, it's just a, a a team a defense that when you look at them on paper and you look at the way they played it, and you just look at the the record uh, the team record is it, is puzzling it's puzzling but it you know obviously it points to the to the offense uh, to your you know to your other question uh, that you asked me about Macintosh. Uh, McIntosh had a medical issue, uh, and I, and that's the reason why uh, he went uh, where he went. And it says a lot about his talent that the team uh, stuck with him, and, and he is going to be activated and is going to play. Norton is still in the NFL. I thought both those guys had, you know, remember, they, they were coming off a very successful season last year, so they were trying to ride that wave. I think Norton also has a lot of talent, and and will probably work his way uh, in, inside the bubble uh, of the. I think he's on practice squad. Can't remember what team he's on practice squad, but he's on practice squad somewhere. But he'll eventually work his way uh, in. Um, Mark Walton's playing. You know, he's he's certainly a lot of talent. Um, the Bengals are excited about him. Is that, you know, I mean, Miami's going to have draft picks. Uh, every year Miami's going to have draft picks these guys are from Florida from from the you know the the southeast, and and they they're, they're a talented kids that's why it's just very puzzling how how we're playing this year
13: Yeah you know there's more Miami offensive linemen in the league in the last 10 years than Bama it's right it's, it's true you it's, might it's not think it, but it's true indi-
12: yeah individually they're a very talented team indi- you know it, it, talented players all I mean Look at Jared. Will- I mean, when I watch his his Jared Willis's um, you know production and and Quarterman's pr- production and you know Redwine out of out of nowhere with his interceptions and the way he's playing. I mean, Michael Jackson is just pressing everybody. They're fun defense to watch. They're very fun defense to watch, and I believe not only this year but ne- you know next year's team is going to have a lot of draft picks. They they have a lot of great players. Look at Jeff Thomas. Jeff Thomas is going to probably when he decides to you know when he decides to come out when it's time for him, he'll, he'll probably be, be a first-rounder also. So, it's a team that has the talent as I said and we're talking about coaches that were successful last year. So, I, I think they can get it, they they just need to, to turn it around. They can get the job done next
1: year. Where are Quarterman and Pinkney projecting right now?
12: I ah, mean, I I think those guys you know they're high picks. I can't say what round—first round, second round, third round—but but I'm certainly I'm certainly their talent is top of the draft. You know they're, they're, they're remember they 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 came in and started as freshmen. That's they're phenoms. They started as freshmen and they're still playing ex, ex, you know high level football. You know these guys. when you watch against Duke they they, they I what, the first eight series. I can't remember what how many series, but there were on their side you know they were on their side of the field they were backed up every time and and to do what they did and, and fight they fought hard you know it, it was a loss but they they fought their, their butts off and it's just i there's just tons of talent on that team
1: so so high en- high enough to go out robert high enough to go out as juniors
12: certainly certainly those guys have enough talent to to leave as juniors remember we're we're all your callers including yourselves were talking about how good this defense is you know mm-hmm. there, there's more juniors put it this way there's more juniors coming out of college football going into the draft than ever before and and these juniors are getting drafted higher than than the seniors so it's you know it's it's we're, we're in times now where in 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 football and basketball players you know they just past the rule in basketball where you don't even have to go to You know, they're allowing you to go into the G League, you know, before, you know, before even they're giving you an option to go to the G League and not go to college. I mean, everyone's trying to, if you have the talent because of injuries, everyone's trying to get, get to the money and, you know, you can't blame
13: them. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of your teammates that, that I talk to say that these guys go to the school to get drafted not necessarily to win at Miami. If they win, they win. If they don't, they don't. As long as they're in the right. league, that makes them happy. The attitude isn't the same, and a lot of the posters in Canesport are saying the same thing. It's just a missing attitude. They walk off the field. They don't run off the field. There's nothing the way you can. No one says you have to taunt people and have all these antics, which were fun, by the way, but there's no there's, there's no emotion. It just seems like they're flatlined.
12: I, you know, last year there was certainly a lot of emotion. Uh, you know, when you're losing, it's hard, it's hard to have the emotion, but last year was a lot of emotion, I mean, I remember when we played Notre Dame, it, 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 it was one of the, the most energetic uh, college, University of Miami games, um, and certainly in the last five years, I mean, it was just amazing in that stadium, the energy, it was, it was electric, and I was I can I couldn't have been more proud to be a, 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 you know a former player and I couldn't have been more proud to be a, just a fan and I know I know all the thousands of people that were in that stadium that day felt the same way. We just have to you know you, you can't jump the band you can't jump off the bandwagon when when things go bad. You, you know instead of well, Where's the leadership the though? You, you, had you,
13: had where, had where, had Robert? Where's the leadership? These. A game like Notre Dame which was an ass kicking it's easy to be excited for the whole the whole 60 minutes, but in some of these other games where it's close, you know, yourself and you there's guys on your team that just walked over to somebody and just looked at them funny. And that would have been the last time they made a mistake. You guys rallied around each other. You, you right. pushed each other. You challenged well, think, each other. You know, I don't
12: see that's, it. That's
13: a, that's a great, you know, certainly
12: the defense has leaders, but on, on offense, you know, uh, Amon Richards was someone that I think they were looking to be a leader this year. Um, you know, if Mark Walton didn't leave, he would have been a leader this year. You know, I, I think having those two guys would have helped the quarterback, and maybe he would have, he would have started, he would have played a lot better this year, and so it, leadership would have, would have developed. But the way things turned out, Mark left. Amon is injured; he can't can't play football. Hope hopefully he can play football again one day in his life. But you know now they're stuck with no leaders, and then and then the quarterback doesn't play up to his potential, and they put in the, the freshman, and then Perry's a freshman, so he's obviously not going to lead. It, it's just, it, it, I mean, maybe that's it. Maybe they just need someone needs to step up and and be a leader. That's it. Yeah, the coach. Uh,
1: <laughs> hey,
12: uh, that's yeah, always he does. You know, coach has to take responsibility for losses. You know, the greatest greatest coaches uh, take responsibility for losses and you know they they get back to the drawing board and and i'm i'm a big believer in Mark rick and hopefully he gets you know he goes back to the drawing board
1: all right right, robert want to uh thank you so so much for your time tonight great insight i appreciate you guys
12: i I appreciate you guys man it's a great show i listen to you guys let's you know let's just continue to support this team, support the coaches. And my, my, my kids are getting ready to go to bed. And they want to scream bye to you guys. So go ahead, guys. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> How many do you have? There, there's some energy for you. There's some energy yeah.
1: for you. Birth control, <laughs> Robert, birth control. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. All right, all right man. Hey, I thank enjoy, you so much, I enjoyed
12: Bruce. It. I enjoyed Bruce, it. It.
1: Bruce, thank you. I enjoyed it. Got and uh, it. So Robert, we'll have you on again. Thank, thanks a million.
12: All right guys, God bless. Bye-bye. Guys. Bye-bye.
1: Have a great night guys. Mr. Robert Bailey, Bruce Warner, um Sicilian Oven, point counterpoint. We thank Sicilian Oven for sponsoring that segment all year. It's it's been great and uh Robert's another in the long line of former canes who are having a great success out there in the business world. And uh it was good to get the insight on the draft prospects of those canes cuz he's living it every day and I'm sure they're going to be recruiting a bunch of those guys. So uh I'm, a little, I'm even more concerned than I was at the beginning of the show. I'll be honest. Um, I can't imagine this team next year without Joe Jackson, Shaq Quarterman, and Mike Pinckney uh, to go with, obviously, Gerald Willis, Sheldrick Redwine, Michael Jackson. This defense is going to take a major hit here, and uh, they got to recruit got to recruit i i don't i don't like what i see behind those guys it's not deep enough it's not as good and uh a lot of work to do these next six weeks they got to grind it out and they got to bring up this recruiting class and and, and keep what they got going on the defensive side of the ball it, we, we got to get to the point where both sides of the line of scrimmage are excelling at the same time and uh right now we're flipping back and forth a little bit so uh We'll Follow closely here in the coming weeks. Anyway, 563 999 3633. 563 999 3633. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's get back after it. Let's go out to the 706. You're live on Kane Sport Live. You with us? Hello. Yeah, that's you. Hello? Yeah, who's this? Oh,
5: hey, what's up, Gary? How you doing?
1: Doing Sebastian. great. Who's this? Hey, what's up, Sebastian? This
5: is Sebastian. You yeah, as concerned about the man. defense
1: next called. year as I am? I'm concerned, man. You
5: know, I'm, well, I'll tell you, well, you, you, you really got ahead of me when I wanted to tell you. So, what I'm, where I'm concerned about the defense is, I'll give you just three players that, when we talk about recruiting, how recruiting is going to fix it, I don't know because I'll give you a perfect example. Three linebackers uh, that we could possibly lose next year, we have nothing behind them. We no, nothing. Teams.
1: I mean, nothing we significant. Seen
5: 44. Yeah, we have his, what, what's 44? I can't remember his name.
1: Bradley oh, Jennings. Um, you got Bradley Jennings. Bradley you got DeAndre Jensen. Wilder. You got Wayne Wilder. and Steed. Uh, St- 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 I mean, they've done nothing. nothing.
5: But we've got nothing. We've got nothing completely out of it. And so, what I was concerned last year when they got Joiner, we were saying that we didn't need a heavy linebacker class. I was like, I wouldn't believe that whatsoever because here's the thing we've been fortunate not to have any of those three star linebackers get injured. Mm
1: hmm.
5: Because if we get if they get injured right now, we're going
3: to be in a world of hurt.
1: Well, you got you Mike know, Smith
3: taking a look at that.
5: You,
1: you got Mike Smith well, this year that you won't have next yeah, year either.
5: But you, but you see, Mike Smith had that face mask penalty in the game. I mean, he's he's a good rotational player.
1: He's, he's not, not as good as the other guys, that, you
5: know. He's he's not he's not on the level that when we play Alabama in twenty twenty one or whenever that is, we want to have on the field. That's what I'm getting at. The other point I wanted to make is, you know, we talk about recruiting, and the thing about recruiting is, a lot of times you don't have to get the four and the five stars. You just need to get the right kind of players in your program. If you get the right kind of players in your program, they make a world of difference. And when you don't, they really, really hurt you. And I'll give you a perfect example. There is no reason over two years out of the two offensive lineman classes that you have uh, that you recruited only two of those linemen are playing significant play time. That's Donaldson and that's Case. That's a travesty. That's an absolute travesty. Gary, you look at it. You look at our two O-line classes over the last two years, and only two offensive linemen from those two classes have done anything of significance for us this particular year. And so what I'm interested in is I understand that it takes offensive linemen a while for them to be able to grow and to develop. But it's as bad as we play in the O-line in the last three games of the season, can Campbell, can Cleveland, can um, – who's the other guy? Who am I missing? Um, but I'm, I, well, I guess I'm thinking of those two, can
6: they? Hillary, can
0: Herbert.
5: Can, can, can none of those guys – I mean – if, if there's going to be a coaching change, you'd have to really, really look at the offensive linemen. You just can't have two years of offensive linemen in your program where they're not even good enough to be on the field goal unit.
1: Yeah. I mean, come on. Hey, Hillary I mean, looked pretty good at a fill-in tight end the other night.
5: <laughs> why, did, why didn't we do that early? Why didn't we do that early in the season? On those downs yeah. where we needed that beef and that power-up, why didn't we do that early? Why do we Great have question. to wait until injury happens? You know, Great when we went for it on fourth and two at Virginia, because I was at the Virginia game, and my coach had to have, have been in two of the games that we lost, why wasn't he in it on that particular play? The next point I want to make is, Gary, you've been saying it for a while, as far as you need to jump on these teams from an offensive perspective. If we don't even have a good set of 10, 15 plays that are scripted when we go into a game but so we just execute those wells. Well, it seems like we even plan and prepare. You know, I've talked about doing jet sweeps, doing uh, motions or whatever, but I guess all I'm trying to say is can we show the defense something different that they haven't seen before? Because as good as our defense is right now, and I think we have a top 20, top 15 defense, where if we had a decent offense on, on the other side of the ball, we'd be a top 15, top 10 team. If we had the offense that was going to be able to help us we look like LSU last year and two years ago. Great defense, but couldn't get nothing done on offense. And that all starts with Mark Rick. And you were talking about, you know, Mark Rick has been, you know, with, with quarterbacks for a long time. Now, when he was at Georgia, he did have Matthew Stafford, and he had a, a couple of other players. But when you was talking about what kind of offensive coordinator we need, I would love to see somebody like a maybe get a James Coley to come back into the program since he has South Florida ties. But if we don't do that, we need to expand our horizon to get another coach that's in another geographical area that has the impact and influence where they can recruit uh, kids to come to South Florida. Because I think we're, we're really a uh, product of our own success, meaning that we're so limited in scope and the type of players we get. We don't want to get them all from South Florida. But we need to be able to have some influence in Louisiana. We need to have some influence within the Midwest where we're able to cherry pick a couple of players here and there. I mean, it's a shame Ohio State, when they were really hunting for a running back, they came straight to Florida to come get to, to come and get there. You know? we. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's other talent that's outside of the Southeast where we could be able to benefit from that. And the last thing I wanted to say is, you know, I, this relationship between Rick and Nikosi pair. I've told you I don't see Nikosi Perry on the team next year because it's just completely sour and it's really kind of taint. When he put Nikosi in the game, he put, him in the, he put him in with bad field position. At the Insane, yeah, line, it, it, at
1: the really bad line. field position.
5: You know, you, you can't really do anything. You can't challenge the defense. I mean, the defense is just going to go all in and not do anything. I will give the kudos to the coaching staff for doing
1: one particular thing.
5: They went out and got a kicker. Yeah. They went out and got a
14: kicker.
1: I mean they're they're you trying know, to attack they're trying to attack the problems. They just they gotta keep going, got man. Gotta keep going. Right.
5: You you gotta keep doing it. You know, but but you know what? Hey,
1: when, next when year you... we we'll
5: have three kickers we'll have three kickers on the team. And hopefully that'll give us an opportunity to be able to do something different. Before I go, yep. Gary, this is what you need to tell me about. Could you tell me about some kids that we're looking at that could come into our program? And I'm not talking about four stars or five stars that I really think I, that I really think you really help us out. I'll give you two. I'd love to get that defensive end from uh, Kentucky. Uh, from, from Kentucky,
1: JJ we'll Weaver. And I yeah,
5: yeah, I'd love to be able to get him.
1: He'd be a good one. the other person? He's a bigger kid that, that should I've be loved, able to play
5: early love, in his career. Exactly. And I'd love to be able to get uh that tight end um from, from Texas, that Weedmeyer kid. Yeah, I like um, I, I like I'm him too, sure. man. He's a
1: good looking kid. They they like the zipper kid a lot from Lakeland. He he's no, no, the number no, no, one
6: no, no. He, be, be, Well, be well be I'm just telling you, part. they really I'll like the right zipper now.
1: kid from Lakeland and, and there's a decent chance they're gonna get him unless it changes. Um I like that kid from Texas also. I hope they get, take a
5: Gary, Gary, sometimes I think you have a little smoke up on
3: us. I don't think we're getting zippered. The
1: kid huh? I think
5: we need to get is that Weedmire kid.
0: I, I like them both, yeah.
1: Zippers. I'm not blowing smoke. I, I, I like I them both. both. I'm, I'm saying I hope Jerry they get them Michael. both. <laughs> I'm
0: telling you, Gary, why would I blow, it? It why would I blow you smoke? <laughs> well,
1: you don't well, think they're getting zippered?
5: What it is, is I think sometimes Miami fall in love. They fall in love too hard with kids that's in the South. And just to be stood at the altar when something better better comes along. Weedmeyer, who's like, you know, I really think he's going to be he's – he's the kind of kid that comes to mind that leaves, that ends up being a high draft pick and has a high impact. He's not mm-hmm. the four-star, he's not the five-star, but he ends up doing something that's really, really good for the program. So put me on hold, but who are some other kids out there that they're not just four-star, they're just your five-star, but just to fill out your roster on the recruiting oh, side, I, mean, I think it really,
1: really help the team out. Running backs, Macintosh and, and Mark Richards. Uh, receivers, I think you got to look you know, if they could get the Hazelwood kid, but I don't know. I don't know how he's going to feel about what's going on we're, now.
5: We're getting Hazelwood. Uh, Gary, Gary, listen, we're getting Hazelwood.
1: Yeah, I feel strongly about it too, as long as it doesn't change. Okay. Um, I like those two yeah. tight ends we were just talking about. Uh, o line, I think they got some work to do. I don't think they're going to get Evan Neal. I, I just don't. Uh, I think right now they got to be all in on keeping Tarquin. I think they can keep Tarquin. Um, you know, I think that they, they're all in on there. I think they'll be okay with Kingsley, Echo Con, uh the kid they're counting on to be a center of the future out of Jacksonville. Um, I think they'll be okay we, there. That's my instinct a, right now. Can we
5: get a JUCO? Can we get a JUCO offensive tackle? They need to. JUCO I hope they're looking. Attack? I
1: hope they're looking for that. We, we, I agree with need, you.
5: We need. We need. We need at least two. Listen. If we you need, you gonna, need a I'm, JUCO lineman, right you need a JUCO D tackle, and you need a
1: JUCO linebacker.
5: Gary, I'm gonna tell you this, and you can you can put me on hold. If we do not have two JUCO offensive tackles on the team, or one JUCO offensive tackle and then a uh, grad transfer,
0: a grad transfer, our transfer offensive
5: yep. line is gonna be no. It's going be no better than it is this year. Next I year, it don't will be disagree no with you at all. And if, I will tell you this right here. I would predict. If we get if we take care of those two positions and we get a JUCO offensive of tackle and a grad transfer to me, that's worth at least two ball games.
1: A defensive tackle also got to get a DT. Balls. Got to get a DT or two. I, I'd like to see one JUCO DT and one grad transfer DT. And I, th- yeah. and, I, and, I and 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 I, I feel really the good. same way about I feel the same way about linebacker. If those kids are leaving, yeah. the cupboard is bare, man you got to you got to short up. Is, some...
5: i don't think I, I don't think i don't think none of the linebackers should leave this this, this yeah, but
1: did you just hear robert they're bailey on, they're not L- trust me robert bailey knows what's going listen, on did you just hear what he said
5: i heard i heard robert bailey but those linebackers are not playing on the level that the lsu linebackers are playing on no
1: but you know, they're, they're well no, regarded kids they're going to be highly regarded i agree i don't think they're playing they're as well this fight, year as last they're year be i agree trying
5: to make a roster spot they're going to be yeah. fighting to make a roster spot, Gary. I I promise you, they'll be fighting to make a roster spot where they could come back and they could be like the, the 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 big plank in the team next year. They will be fighting to make a roster spot, and I'm and yeah. But it's, if they it's get frustrating because
1: if they get the NFL yeah. evals that he was just talking about, they're going to leave. Well, they're gonna
5: leave. I, I I I shudder. I shudder to think that. I shudder to think that's going to be the case. Because both of those kids will be fighting to make roster spot. And if we're having a conversation this time next year, and they're not on the NFL roster, how unfortunate is that?
1: Well, I don't disagree how with that.
11: Unfortunate, but is
1: that? but hey, I mean, as big a mistake as Norton and McIntosh made, I mean, McIntosh is getting activated right now to play for the Giants this week. So. I guess. I guess. So, you know, I, I guess. I,
5: I, you know. I had no problem with McIntosh, but when Norton left, I was just like, "Look, they get drafted in the seventh round. Could you imagine if we had Norton right next to uh, Willis right now?" But the thing about Miami though is the defense is not really crucifying us. What's well, crucifying us is uh, we can't get more than fourteen points. We have no threat on the offensive side of the ball that strikes fear in the other defense.
1: And but if they Jordan, get a quarterback we, and they shore up the O-line with a, with a Juco and maybe a grad transfer, it could be a whole – and maybe a new yeah, offensive yeah, coordinator we, or it, something. It, that yeah, could if change real quick because they have talent. They have talent over there. There's good. a lot we of young talent but if we on offense.
5: But if, we, but if we get a quarterback next year, it's going to have to be a quarterback that can make plays with his legs. It's yeah. not going to be a quarterback that we can sit back and trust Mark Rick if we do nothing to change on the offensive side of the ball – to just call plays. No. It's going to have to be a quarterback that can make plays with his legs. And if we don't have Kelly a quarterback Bryant, that can make plays with his legs, then we're going to be in trouble.
1: Kelly Bryant might be a pipe dream. You know, we don't know yet. But that is exactly what the doctor ordered right there. So we'll you see know, what he'd happens. Be
5: perfect. He, he'd be perfect. Thanks. Keep it on yep. hold, Gary. We'll keep this conversation right, going, okay?
1: You've got it, man. Thanks for calling in. Give us a call next week. All right, 563 999 3633. 563 999 3633. Hit one on your keypad. If you want to come on the show, we got about 52 minutes left. Let me attack a couple of these questions that were submitted by the posters on the message boards at canesport.com. Is the athletic director's goal a winning program that competes for championships or one that is content with average, below average results? Well, I can tell you right now, they doubled every budget. They built a $40 million indoor practice facility since Mark Rick was hired. So I would say they're pretty serious. Uh, the upper levels of the board of trustees, I think still are pretty much on the sidelines as far as athletics are concerned. I mean, you know, they come to the events, they, they shake hands, they make speeches, um, but it's really hard to knock the commitment of the university to the football program right now. And um, Mark Richt has said nothing but supreme support. And now it's on him to deliver the goods. And uh, this is a big next six weeks for Mark Richt, in my opinion. I think they got to really, really, really come through as a coaching staff and, and, and pull out this recruiting class and, and find some older help than in the, in the grad transfer market that can shore up a few spots that are looking a little weak right now going into 2019. And, uh, you know, like I said, it, 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 it's on Mark Rick to deliver the goods. He's got plenty of support from the university and the university community. Will Miami exceed the 13-point threshold this week? Well, it better. I mean, it's going to be a tough order uh, to hold Georgia Tech under that. I mean, they average 38 points a game themselves. But, look, the Georgia Tech defense gave up 49 points to shoot to South Florida. Uh, I think it was 49 points to Clemson 31 points to Louisville 28 points to Duke 28 points to Virginia tech 28 points to North Carolina. Okay. So 13, if that's the question. Yeah. They, I mean, yeah, they better score more than 13 because 13 is not going to get it done. I don't think even with all the great defensive players that Robert Bailey was just talking to us about and, you know, we know they're great, but, uh, They're going to have to find the fortitude to go up there and defend that offense. And yeah, the offense is going to have to come through because those guys are going to spend a lot of time on the field and they're going to be gassed if the offense doesn't do their part. Where's the passion and does the lack of it reflect Mark Rick's blase attitude? I don't know if it's fair to say that Rick has a blase attitude. I mean, you know, there's no doubt. He tries to appear very calm and composed on the sideline on game day, but the, you know, the people that know him best talk about the, the fire that burns within the competitor that he's been his whole life. Um, so I, I'm not sure that a blase attitude is fair. I mean, I know guys are angry right now, but I do agree that Miami players as an entire unit, I mean, the entire team can at times play more passionately and be a little bit more serious about what they're doing at times. Uh, John Beeson commented on that this week, and I didn't think he was that far off. And um, the concerning thing to me is I see a lot of guys that seem to just turn their effort on and off. Um, I don't like when the second half against Florida state looks distinctly different from every other half that we've watched this season. You know, to me, that's a a little concerning, but um, I think they do give, pretty good effort for the most part. I would agree with the commentary that at times it could be even better. Um, that's probably the best way to to answer that question. Um, let's do one more quick one here. It seems like most Miami games are at night and that negates the advantage that the team should have of being more acclimated to the heat and the humidity of South Florida. Who decides that? Well, the TV networks decide that. And I think U.M. also prefers night games at home because the crowd's usually better. The environment in the stadium is better. Uh, I think night games at home are great for the Hurricanes. Um, it's the night games on the road that are more problematic because of the late night travel home. You know, you, you get home at 4 five o'clock in the morning on early Sunday morning, I think that wears on the players and coaches. The coaches got to grab a couple hours of sleep and jump right into the game plan for the next week and be ready to meet with the players later that evening. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, I think that that you want night games at home. I don't, I don't think that that affects you as much as the ones on the road. All right, there's more. We'll get to them in a, in a few moments, but let's go back to your calls. 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. Hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Uh, let's go to the 501. You're live on Kane Sport Live.
15: Hey, what's up, Gary? How are you doing, man?
1: Doing great. Who's this?
15: This is, this is Alex, man, from Arkansas.
1: Hey, what's up, man? You a first-time hey, caller?
15: No, it's been a minute since I called, man. I used to call well, all good. the time, but I just started listening in, man, and keeping up with it while I was at work. But after after this past week, man, I couldn't wait any longer.
1: Well, talk to us. What you got?
15: Well, man, I, I just – and you just hit it on the head. Whoever sent you that uh, email, it's really difficult as a uh, Hurricane fan to, to watch the games a lot of times, man, because – I just don't see the passion and the and the fight, and it just it's really hard to watch. So what I did a little bit this week was more so than than the past. I kind of because we all have talked about the play calling. I kind of zeroed in on the uh, the offensive line, and the last game after game, man, I'm watching guys. Uh, the first rule is when you're first learning this in little league, Gary, is you block your man to the whistle blows. Man, I'm watching guys that don't even fire off the ball. I'm watching guys that miss, miss their blocks and just turn around and start ball watching. They don't go look for anybody else to block. A lot of times they're in the way of the running back, and it's really tough. It's really tough. And then when you're watching it, like this, this past week against Duke, even after the rain stopped, Cutcliffe was the first one to start taking chances because he knew he had to go ahead and seize momentum of the game. So he started trying to throw the ball. Of course, it didn't work at first because, of course, they wasn't accustomed to the rain and all of that, like being down in South Florida. But they kept trying it till eventually it worked. And so I'm like, well, man, come on now. You got to at least do something. And and I hate to just, like, be one of those guys that just, like, jump on Mark Rickman because he really is, seems like a really good guy. I don't know him. You know, I ain't never met him. I never did really like Georgia anyway because they didn't ever win nothing to me, so I didn't really see what all the hype was. But I rode with it, and, yes, you're absolutely right. Last year, they did great, and everybody was riding on board, but it was still cautious optimism because we just didn't know, okay, well, we're going to to sustain it. Well, fast forward, here it is a year now, and, man, our offensive line looks worse than when we used to give Kehoe all that grief. It looks horrible. And, and really, it doesn't look like it's about to get any better. I'm hoping that the things you just mentioned, we're going to be able to get some of this stuff done. But, man, when you start as a, as a Hurricane fan and you start watching the Duke players out on our field, toning us, Talking about this ain't the 80s and the 90s And all of that And you look over there man And them guys don't even seem like they give a dog on. They don't even look like they care Some of them Now I know some of them do But for the most part They look like they could care less And that's the part that's disheartening to me So I'm like Okay If they don't care Why should I drive down to Atlanta And watch you lay down against Georgia Tech So I mean I guess I'm asking you as a fan, why should I drive to Atlanta to come watch them play if I'm not going to even see any fight? If you're going to beat me, beat me because you better, not because we lay down.
1: Where do you live? Where would you say you live?
15: I'm in I'm in Arkansas, North Little Rock,
3: Arkansas.
1: So how long is the drive? Eight about about eight hours?
3: Eight hours, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think if I was going to so, drive eight hours each way to go see the Canes play in Atlanta, I'd want to see effort no doubt
15: man i i love him. i rep i ripped the canes re- re- religiously man right here are you in coming Elizabeth.
1: are you are you coming on saturday
15: i that was the plan man but i'm like stuck in between gary
1: come on come come down come on down i'll be there
15: I'm like stuck in between man i'm like come on man if y'all going to just sit here and lay down i mean for real
1: come oh, down man, it's I'm- just, it's it's, Come down, make sure you say really hello. It's really
15: disheartening, man. It's really disheartening as a, as a Hurricanes fan. It's really disheartening. I'm I'm just hoping, you know, that the things that you and some of the other callers said, you know, I, I know like the uh, earlier you had D-Black on. He hadn't been on in months, you know, but we still listen. Everybody still listens. But you mm-hmm. just give everybody a chance to talk and say what they have to say. But it's really disheartening, man, to watch the team that you love come out here and the guys don't show no heart and desire and it's just mm-hmm. not hurricane football and
1: well i hope the they heart. do I, I hope they do saturday because if they don't it's going to be another ugly day because you can't go to georgia tech and not have heart and desire and defend that offense
15: well t- tell me gary because you down there and you got the you got the beat tell me what's the feeling of the people down there because i know on the outside, i mean i can only go just, by what oh, they
1: say I mean, I can only go by what they say, and 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 the coaches and players are adamant that they're going up there to play, and that their heart's okay. going to be in it. I mean, I asked every okay. one of them that question today. But Gary,
15: when you guys go to the press conference, do you really? Does it look like Mark Riggs know what he's doing?
1: He's just having a tough year, man. I mean, he is having a he's having a tough year. Nothing's going right. Every decision he's making is the wrong one and it's just brutal now you know now he's got under now he's got people talking about firing coaches and having to get rid of his son on the staff which is which you know, I wrote about that a week ago i mean that's just got to destroy him and you know i, I don't I know what's going to – you know i don't know I man it's he's having problems. a tough year he's having it's just a tough year
15: okay well let me ask you this and then i'm gonna, i'm gonna, i'm going to listen some more why is it that the other top programs don't have this happen to them once they get? It? They
1: do. They do. Hey, let's look at Michigan for a minute because I was looking hard at that today. Michigan lost five games last year. Okay, this is with Jim Harbaugh, who they're paying a zillion dollars. You know, you know, I'm sure you know the story. They recruited him from the, right. the 40. You know, the whole thing. They're paying him, a, they're paying him a fortune. They lost, It's what I think it was year three last year. He lost five games. Okay, they lost their opener this year. To Notre Dame okay so they, they have right. lost four straight games they lost five last year three to end the year and the first one this year four straight in that regard they've peeled off eight straight victories and they're in the top five now hottest team in college football just blew the crap so out of Penn State well they got, so a, they a, got a grad quarterback. transfer quarterback and that's why I'm sitting here yelling and screaming that this is what Miami needs to do I've been doing it for weeks as you know I mean yep, they need a guy let, let, they need a Kelly Bryant If it's not him, then somebody just like him. They need a Kelly Bryant to come in and stabilize this thing while they work to catch it up, you know? Absolutely.
15: Now, you mentioned something a little bit earlier. Is your gut feeling telling you that uh, Diaz may be out of here?
1: I don't think he will. I think he's got a tough decision to make because his stock in his coaching career has never been higher than it is right now. And I don't think they're going to be as good on defense next year unless they pull some miracles here in recruiting. And, you know, he's going to go, he could go through a couple tough years on defense and, and uh, you know, I think he's here for the long haul. I think this is the perfect job for him. I don't think he will leave. Uh, but I, I also don't know what his overall career Plan is for himself, or you know, I mean, he's bounced around for 20 years. I think he found the perfect job for himself here. But they have some work to do in recruiting. Okay,
15: all right. So you say we're not gonna get Neil, huh?
1: I mean, you're going against Alabama, and you're struggling like that. I mean, if they pull that one off, it would be one of the greatest uh, recruiting jobs in the history of the program. I mean, I got to think it was it was tough to begin with. I got to think it's even tougher right now. But you got to keep fighting, you know. I'm, you I'm the kind of kitchen.
15: I'm watching them play the other night, and I'm watching Leather Leatherwood, who we tried to get. He's mm-hmm. not only blocking his man; he's going down the field. He's looking for other people to block, leading the running backs into the end zone. And I'm mm-hmm. like, man, okay, all it just takes is effort. Sure, you're gonna effort. miss some blocks, but you can't just sit up here. Time after time, and you just turning around watching the guy run the ball. You, I mean, no way. It's just, it's really disheartening, man. It is, yeah. it's tough. So, uh Alrighty, Well, okay. hey,
1: thanks for calling in. We appreciate it, and uh, give us a call next week. And hey, and come Absolutely, to Atlanta.
15: Man.
1: Come to Atlanta.
15: Okay. okay. All right. Okay. I'll see you there. All right, man, leave me on. All right. You
1: got it, man. Thanks for calling. Let's go to the nine one six. You're on Kane Sport Live. 916 you with us. Going once, going twice. All right, next week. Let's go to the uh 786. You're on Kane Sport Live. You there? 786. Going once, going twice. Where is everybody? What's going on here? Let's go to the 786 again. You're live on Kane Sport Live. 786, going once, twice, three times. All right, let's go to the 954. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary. There we go. Who's this?
14: This is Joel.
1: Hey, what's up, Joel? What you got for us this week?
14: Uh, well, as usual, I just feel like everybody just needs to take a deep breath, <laughs> you know, relax. <sighs> I mean, it's not ideal to be losing these games by any means. I, I can totally understand that. Um, I, you know something I think Mark Rick is well aware of the limitations of his team. Um, and I think he can't just come out and say that when he's being questioned, for example, by the media, whatever. I think, um, I think they're still dealing with the sanctions and and, and having the hit to the scholarships. And uh, I think coming even into the season, uh, one of the things that was brought up was the issue of depth. Uh, there was talk, I've, I'm not mistaken, about depth on maybe the offensive line tight ends. There was a question about depth, um, you know, so there, there was, there's, there's still issues and even, as people are talking about the defense, um, there's issues as far as depth. I mean, where's the linebacker depth? Um, so this this team wasn't exactly rolling. I hate to continue to use the same word, but this, the team wasn't exactly rolling with a lot of depth coming into the season. Um, and we saw that easily with the tight end, which – which very well could have impacted blocking for running. I mean, we've probably been seeing – we've been seeing issues in terms of running and passing, and we don't even know how much the tight end has affected that. Yes, Brevin Jordan is a great receiving tight end, but he's just a freshman. <laughs> I'm sure he's had difficulties dealing with those defensive ends. Um, but I would – you know, I'd definitely say the elephant clearly in the room is, is the offense. Um, and uh, I think Rick definitely does need to stick to one quarterback. Um, I understand what he's trying to do. He's trying to work Nicosi in. I don't think he's fully confident in Nicosi, um, but – He's still got to stick to one guy. I agree,
1: but so why did he start the whole thing? Like, why? Just why? I, I ask myself the question every day. Why did he do this? He turned a 9 or 10-win season into a 7 or 8-win season. Probably, or possibly even a 6. Or, 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 hey, let's look at the worst case. It might even be a 5 at this point. Can you imagine? Yeah.
14: I, wonder if, I wonder if Nick Saban, because everybody's shooting for Nick Saban. I wonder if Nick Saban is the one that kind of created all of this because if you look at what Clemson did, you got to wonder Clemson was just trying to find a way to, as far as how to dethrone uh, Alabama, taking a page out of their book by finding the next best thing, a quarterback.
1: I wonder okay, if but... Rick
14: was trying to follow suit.
1: Well, but here's the difference, okay? Clemson went out. They recruited the top quarterback in the country. The kid is an absolute stud. I've seen him live on multiple occasions, and I was just in awe. In awe of what I was looking at, I knew the kid was going to be a superstar in college, and this kid can't miss. He's going to be a top shelf, top of the draft NFL guy, no question, okay? So Clemson's taking a kid like that and pushing aside Kelly Bryant, no problem. The Tua kid? at Alabama might win the Heisman trophy this year. Okay. So yeah, they they took Jalen hurts and did the same thing they did at Clemson and kind of moved them aside when they were in trouble in the national championship game. And it's carried over to this year, but they're doing that with the elite of the elite. Okay. We're not doing it with the elite of the elite. Okay. And, and that's the difference. So if that's what the goal was, And I'm not arguing with you. It might have been the goal because nothing else makes sense to me. It was a horrible decision because he's not the elite of the elite. He's not mature enough. He's not ready to even begin to handle what was put on his plate. And you totally turn the whole team upside down. You turn the fan base upside down. You created all kinds of division out here in the world with the Malik camp and the, the cozy camp and all the anger and, and madness that's been going on. And we see it every day on the message boards and, and, you know, God forbid somebody like myself gives an honest opinion and says that this kid, the cozy Perry is nowhere near ready for this. And, you know, Mark Rick just took a visit with the devil and this has the potential to be a disaster that it has been. And I've been getting yelled at by guys for the last month over that. And and, and Mark recreated all of this. You know, and he didn't have to yeah. do it. And I, you know?
14: Yeah, the timing was definitely off. Because after to, the Toledo game, I felt Rogier played very well. And um, the timing to – I think it was the next game is where um, – So I think that was the FIU game, and then he had Perry in, and then he just decided to
1: um, –
14: at the end of the day, I don't think Rick has confidence in Rozier or Perry. Well, he he doesn't.
1: He doesn't. Okay, look, he could have left Malik Rozier alone this year and probably had a a nine-win team and and gone to Charlotte and gotten his butt kicked by Clemson again. Let's be honest, because they're not beating Clemson with any quarterback okay they they they're going to they, they would get they would get blown out again more than likely against clemson so he could have done that now giving him the benefit of the doubt i think he was trying to see what would happen i don't think he had a firm conviction on the cozy but i think he kind of like i think he, you know he knew he wasn't going and beating clemson with malik so i think he just wanted to see what would happen if he put nikosi in there and it's just the whole thing's just blown up because now Malik, who is never a great quarterback, is 50% of the Malik we saw last year. And, you know, Nicozy is hit or miss, second to second. And you've got an offensive disaster.
14: Yeah. I guess the only thing I wish he would have done, stick to one guy and play to the quarterback's strength. Um, mm-hmm. If, if that's just running, then just let them run like crazy and every now and then pull it back, let them do some kind of RPO and let them throw. Um, you know, but I don't know. There's downsides to both of those guys, unfortunately.
1: No doubt. So we'll see what happens. What else you got tonight?
14: Uh, the only other thing was next year uh, about the defense. Um, yes, I, 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 I do think, yeah, that there, there's a reason to be concerned about the defense, but, you know, I felt like people were kind of saying that coming into this year, the, they were, they were like, Oh, well, we lost Macintosh and we lost, uh, uh, what was his name? Jackson. I don't even remember,
1: uh, it, uh, Norton, but you had, but you had Norton. Gerald Willis, Gerald Willis stepped up out of nowhere and became, gave you first round draft pick level play at defensive tackle. I d I don't know that you can expect that from Pat Bethel next year. I don't know that you can expect that from John Ford next year. I'm not sure that you could that expect that from Nesta Silvera, who might be the best of the three from a prospect standpoint. And you know, who is gonna make plays at defensive tackle next year, I think that's a huge question. If you take Joe Jackson out of the equation, which sounds like it's a definite You've got Garvin back and you've got Gregory Russo stepping up and I, and I think passion has one more year, but you're not as strong at that position either. Uh, so, you know, that's going to be a work in progress. If those two linebackers leave quarterman and Pinckney, uh, you know, you probably got to move McLeod into the middle, I would think, and, and, you know, see what you could fill in around him, but you're not going to be anywhere near as strong a linebacker. Um, you're losing Michael Jackson, at corner, you're losing your two safeties, Jaquan Johnson and Redwine. You're going to have to hope that uh, Gervin Hall and Amari Carter are ready to do it as you know, young safeties who have been groomed. Uh, Bandy will be back at corner, and then we'll see who plays the other corner. But um, it, it's going to be much more of a challenge if all these guys depart. If, the, if you lose the juniors on top of what you're losing senior-wise, uh, that's going to be a tall order next season. But first, got to get through this season, I guess.
14: Right, right. Uh, I don't know. If you all right, mention anything about uh, uh Amon Richard's brother. Are we still in the mix for him
1: or Yeah, in the mix, no doubt, uh, but you know he's got a lot of teams after him. i I, I hopefully this little losing spell doesn't uh affect him, but uh, he's definitely still in the mix. All right. all right, so uh, thanks good. for calling. In. give us a call next week.
14: All right. Take care.
1: Later. Thank you. All uh, Let's go to 305. You're live on Cain Sport Live. You with us? 305. Going once. Going twice. Guys, don't hit one on your keypad if you don't want to come on the show. Okay? Numbers 563-999-3633. 563-999-3633. You hit one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. If you're just calling in to listen to the show, do not hit one on your keypad because it's putting you in the queue. And then when I bring you on, there's silence on the other hand. We've, we've had that three times now in the last 15 minutes. So hit one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. 563-999-3633. Let's go to the 813. You're on Kane Sport Live.
10: Hey, what's up, Gary? This is KG. Hey,
1: what's up, KG? What you got for us, man? Um, man, uh, this is the first time I'm calling, but I guess
10: – uh. Oh good, uh,
1: welcome. No nah, man, we like we like De- first time callers. Thanks for taking the plunge.
10: Yeah, desperate times uh require desperate measures. And uh as far as uh we're looking right now, it's uh it seems pretty desperate. Now last three weeks scored fourteen, thirteen and twelve. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm I'm definitely feeling we're in need of a of a new uh, offensive coordinator. Um uh, I mean, the offense is struggling. Obviously, special teams is is, is a major issue. Um, I do like that we tried to go find a punter this week, so um, hopefully that's something that will uh, work out. Um, and even, uh, you know, the defense, um, as far as us, we're top five in a lot of different categories. But to me, the most important category is points, and we're like number 20. And that's the you know, that's the best part of our team. So um right now it's just uh you know, definitely a lot of things that are not going right and um uh we definitely definitely uh we definitely need to shake up the coaching staff. Um offensive line, um definitely the the play calling and uh uh definitely quarterback coach as well.
1: Yep, no doubt. No doubt, you're preaching. You're, you're you're preaching to a lot of choirs out here talking about those subjects. So, what else you got? Anything else?
10: No, that's just. I mean, that's that's the basic things. Hopefully, uh, things look up this week um, uh, at Georgia Tech. Um, I'm hoping that. Uh, I mean, the best thing that's been going for us is the defense. So, hopefully, uh, you know, all the guys come to play. Um, as far as the, uh, I mean, this. Like I said, this is, a, this is a whole desperate time. But as far as the, the linebackers are concerned, I know um, Robert Bailey was saying that these they may be considering coming out. Um like I don't, I definitely don't think those guys are ready. Um, uh, the defensive line has played well this year. Secondary is played all right, but the linebackers, um, I don't think they've played as well as they've they've played in the past, uh, at least as freshmen. You know. As freshmen, you know, I was, you know, was building up, you know, the, you know, the Bermuda Triangle. I was looking to see that that kind of uh, that kind of development from those guys. And to be honest with you, I haven't really seen it to that level. I mean, they're they're okay, but uh, you know, to say that they're going to be first, second round, third round draft picks, I don't I don't really see that yet. So I mean, hopefully, you know, hopefully against Georgia Tech, they they go ahead and they, they. they proved me wrong, but um, you know, as of right now, I don't, I don't really see that. Mhm. All righty, so, um, you got anything yeah. else? No, you just go ahead and put me on hold, and uh, hopefully, uh, like I said, hopefully we'll we'll pull through this week, and uh, you know, win out. So, uh, go, Canes man.
1: All right, man. Thanks for taking the plunge. A couple more questions from the message boards at canesport.com. The posters: How is it humanly possible that Miami doesn't have a quarterback commit in this class? What's even more insane is that only one kid was recruited the entire cycle. That's malpractice win in itself. And uh, kind of hard to imagine uh, malpractice. Huh, that's an interesting way of looking at it. Uh, obviously, I would have to totally agree with that. Uh, I mean, they, they, they blew it with quarterback recruiting this year. It's too late now. Uh, most of the quarterbacks out there, and there weren't a lot of them this year now. It was a down year for quarterbacks. But the ones that were out there, have now pretty much picked their programs. And uh, that's why I think they're smart if they're looking at the grad transfer market and Kelly Bryant's the first one who knows whether they'll win out on that battle. A lot of schools want him. And um, so it's not going to be easy for sure, but it's good to see that they're at least trying. And, and I think that's a, a big positive in that regard. Um, let's see. His his first two years, Rick had the program headed in the right direction this year, the team has taken a gigantic step backward, and Rick is responsible for it. If he can't get us out of this black hole, then they should hire someone who can. Um, there should be major staff changes after the season's over. There has to be if Mark Rick hopes to survive. Well, I mean, the three year, you got a three year sample size now, okay? This is not like one year, year one, year two. Now you have three years. And if you look at the three-year sample size, that would seem to suggest that some tinkering is in order. But what I can tell everyone is that Mark Richt is very loyal to this group of guys. I know that he cherishes having his son on his staff. I know how important that was to him. And I know how important it is to him to call the plays. So giving up on any of those things is going to be excruciating for Mark Richt. Um, So it seems that he has to make a change or two here to change things up, do things a little bit differently. But do I think it's guaranteed? No, I don't think it's guaranteed by any stretch of the imagination. Um, But I do think that if he doesn't do it, he's making a huge mistake and things could get a little dicey around here down the road. So um, I I hope he does a couple things. I, I think for the most part, that the staff is a really good staff. And, and I think he does have a, a good loyal group of guys that work well together. They're obviously going through some adversity now, but he needs to make a couple moves and, 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 and hopefully he'll do that. Should the fan base just accept mediocrity? And is that all that Miami's going to be for the considerably future? Um, I would say absolutely not. Like, no, you don't accept mediocrity. And you shouldn't accept mediocrity. And, um, you know, I'm not sure that all the booing at the stadium the other night was what the doctor ordered. I'm not sure that accomplishes a lot of positive things. Uh, I think it makes the program look really bad on national TV. To be honest, it's not a very good look. But accepting mediocrity, no. Um, Being vocal, no. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, You know, I mean, I know people that are, that pour their life into this football program. I know people who spend over a hundred thousand dollars a year for tickets at hard rock stadium to support the program. No, they don't, they shouldn't accept mediocrity. And I don't think anybody wants mediocrity, including obviously Mark Richt. And uh, he's just got to detach. In my opinion, from the things that are important to him personally and focus on his job and what he needs to do to get the program right professionally. And if he does that, you know, I, I think in time, I don't know if it will be another year or two years or whatever, I think he'll be all right. All right, we're nearing the end of the line here tonight. The number is 563-999-3633. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. I'll make a last call for calls, but right now let's go to the 540. You're on Sport Live.
16: Hey, Gary, how you doing?
1: Doing good. Who's this? Uh, Jason. All right, Jason, what you got for us?
16: Oh, I just uh, I just want to say that, um, you know, when Rick came in, I had a lot of high hopes for him, and we, uh, we all pointed his record as Georgia. He won nine or ten games, and that was great and all. And he won two SEC titles. He was a championship offensive coordinator at uh, Florida State. And uh, I put this on the message board, but why, why are we having all these issues with someone with all this experience? I mean, you were just talking a few minutes ago. Oh, Rick needs to bring in a JUCO DT, a JUCO this, and a fence transfer this, and there's a lot of holes on this team. There, there's not depth on the on the defense with all these guys leave, and, and Rick is a guy who should be he he should know what an SEC. Uh, line looks like he should be good enough to evaluate guys to come in, and I'm just in a way I'm kind of shocked that he's just just had this poor recruiting of uh, bringing in offensive linemen, and, and that he's put his, he's expecting these guys, these mediocre guys, on the line to be able to get a push. It's it's almost like he's stubborn, and, and I didn't want to believe that at first, but I just I have no I have no other conclusion to come to that the game's passed him by, and he's just. He's stubborn. That's what I think. I mean,
1: you know, the game has passed him by. How could the game have passed him by? It's a guy that spent his whole life coaching football. Uh, he's 58 years old. You got guys like, you know, Sabin and these guys that are 66 that are winning at the highest level. I mean, I, I don't buy the game passing by stuff, really. I mean, you know, he just has to tighten it up. I mean, he's got to pick it up. That's all. I mean, he's well, capable of doing it. It, 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 you know, it, it's not a question of whether the game is passed him by. It's a question of, is he willing to work hard enough at this stage of his life to that he needs to do to accomplish what he's trying to accomplish? You know, Nick Saban is 66, but he's still willing to put in the time. You know, are you willing to put in the time and are you willing to work hard enough at this stage of your life to accomplish what you're what you need to accomplish. I think that's a better way of looking right. at it than saying the game has passed them by.
16: Right. Well, to to follow up on that, Nick Saban's not calling the defense. He's not coordinating. And no, you know, Rick, Rick's had his moment as, as an OC, running a pro style offense. Um, then he comes here and he's trying to coordinate after not doing it for a long time. And so, yeah, maybe he's, he could do it as a CEO, but it's almost like uh, he's doing too much, it's like a caller mentioned earlier.
1: But, but you know, let's also and, let's also be fair for a second, and let's look at the flip side. The flip side being he's got a bad offensive line, and he's got to, averages can be quarterbacks. And I don't care if you're the greatest offensive coach in the history of football. If you don't have an offensive line and you don't have a, a quarterback, how are you supposed to have a great offense? So Yeah, I
16: you know the, the the truth is
1: probably in the middle. If 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 we just totally detach sure. emotionally and look at it for what it is, the truth is probably in the middle. He could be doing a better job of what he's doing, and he's got a lot of problems he's trying to work around. But
16: it is his fault though that he doesn't have the quarterback or I agree. Alignment. No,
1: no doubt. No doubt. They've done a horrible job recruiting quarterbacks. No, no argument.
16: And, and the cereals, maybe he's a good. Um, offensive line coach, but he's, obviously he's not a good recruiter. I mean
1: I mean
0: imagine
1: imagine your Art Keho, okay, who tried to get Mark Rick to hire him. Okay. Yeah, he, and you're he, sit and you're sitting there, you're unemployed for the last three years, and I'm not saying Mark Rick should have kept Art Kehoe, that's his decision. But I'm just saying imagine your Art Kehoe who's been sitting there unemployed for three years, who coached the Miami offensive line for all those years and you're watching the mess that they're, that's going on every Saturday right now. He's got to be dying. Sure.
16: Sure. I, I remember when uh, when he just got hired on, on the show, you mentioned that he had to make a tough decision and let him go, and that he played ball with R- RKO. Yep. And the thing is, Art, when he was here, he he drew in guys from all over the country, and we need to get back to that. Like, Martin Biblow was from Holy Pennsylvania. Man. He drew in- Richard Mercier in uh, Canada, Brett Roberts in Canada. Yep. So,
1: um, he went where Canadian you needed to go to get the kind of kids that you need to be the kind of team and, and that you want to be. And that's what they're missing right now. Everything's, it's the state of Florida for the most part bust. Well, so I
0: think it's it a bust. And so
1: I think it's a mistake. And, I, and, yeah. and you know, I, I think part of it is that maybe in some cases he doesn't have the guys that can recruit and go out and do that.
15: Yeah,
16: so who is the guy that's really focused on the O-line recruiting? Is it just Cyrils and? Uh, well,
1: Cyrils, yeah. He's the only one? Pretty much. I mean, yeah. you know, you got guys that will pitch in in their areas and stuff around the state. But, I mean, he's pretty much the guy that's going to go recruit the offensive linemen. And he's getting okay so? guys. I mean, a few of these guys will end up being decent players. Yeah. But – It's very hard to recruit the offensive line if all you're doing is recruiting the state of Florida because Florida's going to get a few. Florida State's going to get a few. You're going to get a few, but there's just not that many good ones to go around. It's not like recruiting defensive backs.
16: Yeah, how about in terms of strength and conditioning as far as the O-line, if you think back to when we had our good teams and how guys looked and how the strength is developed, do you think that's an issue at all or is it just –
1: I mean, it clearly is. I mean, it, it looked like it was moving in the right direction, but I haven't seen too, them moving too many guys this year. Yeah. So, I mean, it clearly is still a little bit of an issue, I would think. Now, I think they're, you know, they've done some smart things. I thought it was smart to redshirt Corey Gaynor this year because, you know, he's spending the year in the weight room and I could see he's getting bigger and stronger. And that'll help him be a better center next year. Uh, you know, they're redshirting a few of the young kids, Campbell, Reed. Uh, I think that was really, really smart move. So, I mean, they're doing some smart things with some of the young kids. We'll, we'll just have to see how they develop.
16: So you think it all comes down to him working harder then?
1: Not- well, I don't want to say that. I mean, he's not like punching the clock with me. I mean, I don't want to say he doesn't work hard. I'm just saying that right now what I'm looking at, I'm looking at a six week uh I don't know what the right word to use is, but you got six weeks to the early signing day. And I mean, if I'm running that program, I I mean, it is balls to the wall from six AM to at least eleven PM and we are leaving no yeah. st- no stone unturned one day for the next six weeks and i'm saying you know sorry to to the wife and kids but we're busy that's what it's going to take to get through this this is not going to be an easy six weeks but it's so critical it's a critical six weeks to the future of this program
16: sure yeah i mean but the thing is here's my concern i was mention this earlier when when he was hired i remember he he said that when he, on in his press conference in his introductory press conference he said we're not going to try to outsmart anybody, but we're just going to really just work hard and and try to execute. And it's like, we're still hearing that now. And I remember uh, on an interview, he said, he was telling his guys, see this playbook and that this is overrated. What matters is what you do. And there's truth to that. But like you mentioned before, there's the passing game needs some work. And I'm not sure if, like you said earlier, I'm not sure if he's the type of guy who would want to give up the play calling. And, and then I also remember when he was fired that you mentioned that he's the type of coach that lets his coaches work uh, shorter hours or, or something about spending time with family. He doesn't work to the death So
7: are, are you Yeah, coaches just,
1: coaches love working for him because they get that time.
7: And, and right. you know, listen,
1: there's nothing saying that you can't win doing that. It's not typical of right. this business. I mean, most staffs are not like that. Most head coaches are not like that. Uh you know, they, they believe that it's a 100%, especially during the season, unequivocal total commitment. You know, I, I'm not saying that the opposite of that can't work. I mean, we don't know. But, you know, I'm talking about these next six weeks right now. This is a, this is a critical, critical six weeks that we're getting ready to go into here. You got to win a few games and get bowl eligible, no doubt. But the the recruiting... That is going to go on in these next six weeks what kids they're able to keep what kids they're going to have to replace who they replace them with what decisions they make on who to take in terms of juco's and grad transfers and things like that i mean these are critical decisions these next six weeks that are getting ready to be made that are going to shape the next three four five years of the program
16: so uh I mean, what what does your gut
1: tell you? you think he? I, I have no idea. We'll see. We'll keep. We'll we'll be on the front lines for you guys every minute of every day. You know the Kelly Bryant thing. You know has come up in the last few days. We were all over that today. I mean, we'll be all over it for you guys. But I you know I don't know what's going to happen. We'll see.
16: Is uh do you think he's more likely than Jalen Hurts? You don't think Jalen Hurts is a. Uh...
1: I think Jalen Realistic. Hurts is, is is going to go to the highest bidder, to be honest with you. I mean, I don't, yeah. you know, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see Jalen Hurts factoring in here. Okay. All
16: right. All right. Well, thanks, uh, thanks, thanks for taking my call. Thanks for the coverage.
1: No sweat, man. Thanks for, thanks for being part of the show. Have a great night.
0: You too.
1: All right. Let me attack these uh, last few questions that came in from the message boards at canesport.com. Want to talk about what's going through Mark Rick's mind the last three games? Um, Is he playing political games? Is he, you know, is his rhythm so offbeat with the quarterback rotations, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Like I said earlier in the show, I can't explain a lot of it. I mean, the sub patterns with the quarterbacks putting the cozy in the game with the ball buried deep on their end of the field saying for multiple weeks, that he was starting Malik Rozier because he gave him the best chance to win, then benching him in the fourth quarter, including a drive to try to tie the game—something Rozier had great success with last season, late drives. I mean, none of it makes sense. I, I mean, I chalk it up to him just having a really, really, really tough year, where just everything's going wrong, every decision's not working. Uh, it's just like a—it's it, it, like a stampede of misfortune, really. Um, You know, the one thing I'd like to see is I'd like to see Mark own a little bit more of it. You know, I I think that's important. I think he's got to own it. I think he's got to feel it. And I think he's got to make his decisions here that he's going to make in the next few weeks moving forward um, based on reality and and the reality of what he's seen over three years. And um, I just I haven't heard this is all on me. I, and 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 this year so much of it really is and uh i usually my opinions are usually not in that, not that that's severe in that direction you know i i'm not big on tra- you know all the you know, i think coaches are over criticized sometimes in this case i think this season and what's happened this season the, the greater majority of it is, is on mark richt and and you know i think that that he's got to like i said he's got to own it He's got to identify his, what the issues are. He's got to accept the ones that involve him and that he has to deal with directly, and he needs to attack those first so that he has the, res- the respect of everybody from, that, that extends beyond him for any other things that he might choose that he needs to do to get this program right. That's my opinion. We'll see what happens. When's Jaron Williams going to start? Well, I don't know that he will. I mean, look, they they have to try to win some games. I mean, you know, how would you feel as a player on this team if the coaches were not trying to to get to the best bowl game possible and have the best record possible? So, I mean, I obviously like to see some of Jaron Williams here down the stretch. Uh, I personally would prepare him to play a lot against Pittsburgh, and and take these next few weeks to get him ready for that. I don't know that I'd throw him out there for the first time on the road, but is he going to start a game this year? You know, I don't know if I, I don't know. I I don't know if that'll be the case and how serious is the Lingard injury and could it cause him to lose a step when he's recovered? Well, I mean, the way medicine is today, I mean, guys often come back from injuries better than what they were. So uh, hopefully that'll be the case with Lorenzo Lingard. All right, guys, great show tonight. I want to thank Robert Bailey for joining us with Bruce Warner on the Sicilian Oven Point Counterpoint segment. I thought that was really good. And, you know, Robert gave us some good insight on what's going to be going on with these guys as it relates to the National Football League. Also gave us a nice perspective of a former player on what's going on with the team right now. Um, Obviously want to thank, as always, Sicilian Oven for sponsoring tonight's show itself. Uh, Six locations throughout South Florida, Great place to go for lunch or dinner. You've got the Plantation location at the Fountains Complex off University Drive. The Aventura location at 205th and Biscayne. Um, you got locations in Lighthouse Point. you got the one in Coral Springs on Sample Road on 101st and the one in Boca Raton. And then the new location on Oakland Park Boulevard just west of Bayview in Fort Lauderdale where they have the full liquor bar. So go to SicilianOven.com. Find the location near you. Go visit them for lunch or dinner. Uh, tell them Cane Sports sent you, and uh, you'll get a great meal, and you'll be going back all the time. I mean, I know people that eat there three, four days a week now and just love love the food. So uh, make sure you check out Sicilian Oven. All right, so we're off to Atlanta, and, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, defense is going to have to come to play. They're going to have to want it. That is not a fun team to play. They're going to be cutting at people and – uh you know, just pounding it all day long. And if the defense can't summon the will to win that game, it, it could be another tough one for the Canes. So we'll see what happens. And that's before we even start talking about what the offense is going to do. But uh so we'll see what happens there. If anybody goes to Atlanta, make sure you say hello. I'll be on the sideline before the game and uh thank everybody for listening tonight. And we'll be back next Tuesday night to slice it and dice it up some more. So, In honor of Uki, who recommended tonight's song, I think I'm going to let us go home with a a replay of that, and I'll see you guys next Tuesday night. Good night, everybody.